Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I'm Nate Maxson, your host. This is a special edition of the show that um, actually wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) Um, I was going to do a... Maybe a 30-minute interview with a good friend of mine, Archie Mitchell, who is a member of the ERA Facebook group, a a, um, a wrestling figure collecting and customizing group. Um, gonna do we're gonna do we were gonna do about a 30-minute interview, and it, this turned into a three-hour conversation, um, a fantastic conversation. So I'm just going to go ahead and make this a special edition of the show instead of uh, this being an interview segment, obviously, or the next show would be seven hours long. Um, so that's what's going on here. Uh, special edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast that I'm calling Irresponsible. And um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much, Archie, for a fantastic uh, conversation. I had a great time speaking with you, sir. And um, hope to have you on the show again. And to remind you, there will be a, the the actual uh, real you know uh, episode that was supposed to uh, come out this week this week as well. So we'll have two episodes this week. Aaron and I are going to review uh, WCW Bash at the Beach 2000 this week. Oof! And we're going to talk about our top ten favorite musical artists of our generation or bands, musical artists or bands of our generation, which. We kind of qualified that as stuff between bands and artists, probably between 1985 and the year 2000. So we're going to have that as well. So there will be two episodes of the show this week, and here's the first one, my um, my conversation with Mr. Archie Mitchell on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, wrestling fans here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Nate here with you, and to open up the show this week, a good friend of mine, Mr. Archie Mitchell, and uh, I know those of you that have listened to the show have heard me mention the past, you know, month or so, a group on Facebook called The Era, which I am a uh, card-carrying member of, literally, because the first time I was introduced to The Era, Era, Patrick Mancinetti gave me a card. <laughs> yep. So I am literally a, a card-carrying ca- member of the era. Um, Archie, welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast family. Thank you for having me, Nate. It's a pleasure to be here, and I would like to reiterate that Nate is definitely a VIP member in the era. We love having him. He is one of our best members, One of a, definitely a good friend, and someone that I enjoy talking to about a, a number of things throughout the day or week as it goes by. Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, you join join this group because I'm telling you, folks, it's not just about collecting, which, I mean, no. we all love collecting, but yep. it's about uh, brotherhood, 
wrestling fans coming together. Um, you know, I, I'm friends with Archie, and we've never met in person. You know, it's right. just the beauty of social media. As an example, yeah. as an example, there's a member of the group, Jamin Wooten, whose uh, yep. wife is currently battling breast cancer. And the group, through a raffle this past week, actually raised over a thousand dollars to go toward yeah. their GoFundMe. That's an amazing thing, Archie. And I'm not boasting about the group in any way, but it's not the first time that we've done it. Um, way back when, when we all first started, we did one for Brutus the Barber Beefcake when he had a uh, he needed a leg surgery, and we raised over sixteen hundred over a wow. week's time. Uh, we did it also for our brother who passed away, Rex Backus, who was an amazing admin and a great friend to all of us. Uh, he passed away a few months back, but we did another raffle for him. And one of our members and other admin, Rodney Lewis Freeman, uh, donated $1,000 from himself because he was, felt he was paying Rex back for something he did for him way back in the past. It's amazing. It's amazing. It, 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 to do what we did for Jamin in one day, and again, I'm not boasting, we take no... You know, no one, we don't want a round of applause. We don't want anybody to say you guys did great. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. See that we put the event up at one o'clock in the afternoon. Pat Mancinetti posted it. And by seven, there was a thousand dollar raised, a thousand dollars raised. And we were like, wow, because our members stepped up and said, you know what? It's not about the money and it's not about a prize. It's about helping out a fellow member, brother, and someone we've known for now over two years to, to maybe fix something that he couldn't because insurance isn't covering it or, well, I, I don't want to have to worry about going into my pocket, you know. Exactly, you Please. know. And that's just, that's just what I'm saying. It's, it's you, you, you join something. I mean, honestly, my, my first interaction with the era, it was at a, uh, a Heroes and Wrestling, Heroes and Legends Wrestling event in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yep. And um, Pat was at a booth. Um, at that the, was the first the edition of Era Live, as Pat and Petey call it, because it was the first time the Era had a booth in any of any event. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I bought a fucking Warlord MOC <laughs> from Pat. But, I mean, that was my introduction to it. And then getting into that, you know, at first you're like, oh, this is just, you know, something I can do to get some wrestling figures or whatever. And then as time goes on, again, you form bonds with people. and right. And you find out that, we yes we have a common interest but we also it's a it, we're humans and we're it's friends not just toys we're people who want to interact with each other because well maybe i'm having a bad day and maybe like just to use as a for instance i'm having a sucky day and nate messages me out of the clear blue sky and goes hey buddy what's up and then we start talking and then my day gets better because i interacted with someone who isn't pissing me off at that moment or <laughs> exactly me or, you know, adding to the problem he's taking away from it you know, it's yeah. a, it's, Pat has a thing that he said, and I, I love this. I wish we could put it on a T-shirt, which we could, um, that says, the era is my escape. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still reality, but you're you're not dealing with the outside world. You're dealing with the thousands of members in the group. And maybe there's a, a butthead who comes along and says something stupid, but then there's like 20 people telling him, you know, chill out. We're all here to be friends. Well, you know you, what I mean? We're all here to be human, like you, you said. You just made something pop into my head. Maybe ERA stands for Escape Reality Anytime. <laughs> I love it. Nate, I love it. I'm going to have to talk to Beat Art about that, putting it on the shirt. <laughs> um, so, so, what was my oh, first couple of weeks in any group? The first, I, I, I met a gentleman by the name, which I'm not sure if you've seen him in the group or not, Nate, uh, Rick Castronova. 
and Rick, I messaged him about some figures, and he gave me a great deal on a Ric Flair and a Hulk Hogan Hasbro loose. I'm a big Ric Flair mark, so anything Ric Flair was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But those were my, those were the first two figures I purchased uh, because I had gone in my basement. My son wanted some of his old wrestling toys to see if he could sell them or whatever because he was a teenager now and he didn't care about them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I saw that I had a... a, a, a Sergeant Slaughter, a Yokozuna, and a HBK in white pants Hasbro. Okay. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know I had these. <laughs> so my brother's like, hey, give me that Yokozuna. So I gave it to him because he still had his, and he didn't have a Yokozuna. But he's like, join the groups. So I did, and I met Rick. He sells me Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. And he's like, if you ever want cheap figures uh, that aren't in great shape or even in mint condition, whatever you want, hit up Petey Gleason. So I, I see Petey make a post later on that day. I messaged Petey, and all I said was as a joke. I'm like, hey, you're Petey. And his exact response back was the one and only. That's all he said back. <laughs> That's exactly what I would expect. <laughs> I'm like, Rick told me to hit you up. He's like, yeah, I live in Mountain Olive, New Jersey, if you want to come down in a couple of days and look for what I got. So I did. I took my son with me because, you know, it's scary meeting people online. You don't know who, you know, going to somebody's house, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, so like I took a Craigslist kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. There's too many horror stories. But then I realized, wow, forget about the horror stories. This is a great, you know, these are great people. There's mm-hmm. not, no one's looking to kill me over a $10 wrestling figure. <laughs> so I bought like four or five figures from Petey. And then he put me in another group. And then uh, I, I originally joined W Figs. And then I joined Golden Era. And then I joined another group called The Asylum. And just like four or five groups. And then I got involved in the raffles, which are addicting. Yes, they are. <laughs> but the funny thing was, I think it was like my third raffle. I put like $2 in a, in it. It was one spot. And I won. And like everybody's making a big deal. Like, wow, he won on one spot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm freaked out too. I didn't think I was supposed <laughs> to win right now. And I picked a Yokozuna with with the white stripe, the, the Series 11. And... My son's like, wow, you got back the Yokozuna you gave gave to your brother, to Uncle Angelo. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. I'm like, but that one was red. And he's like, oh, well, then I don't like this one. I'm like, but this one's more valuable. He's like, I don't care. I'm like, well, you sold all the other ones anyway. He's like, I don't care. If you're going to have Hasbro's, you got to have the red Yokozuna. I'm like, okay. So I ended up topping $35 to buy the red Yokozuna back from somebody else. And then it just snowballed. Yeah. It became winning raffles. Then it became buying from people. Then you meet people who want to trade. And then you meet people who want to... You know, just are like, hey, do you need this? Because I don't need it. And if you have something I need in a few months down the road, then you'll hook me up. And it's like, wow, this is not just about toys. It's not just about making money. It's not a marketing scheme. It's people willing to help people because, well, I just got back into the the collecting world or I'm a first-time buying kind of guy. And we all share that experience, so why not help each other out? I, I listen to a lot of the podcasts that are from some like the old school guys, you know. Right. And I, the way I look at this, and it, I, I kind of look at it like if you listen to them talk about those old tape trading days, right? You know, where they would they would trade, you know, New Japan tapes or something because everybody right. had, you know, not everybody had access to that or what have you, or territory tapes or, or whatever. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing to me. It's 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 a it's a it's a brotherhood of, yes. of people that have a common bond and a common interest and can can like you said make somebody else's day by being exactly. by being a part of this. You know, you get 
you get some people like you know, like I, I'm 38 years old and I've now been doing this three years. So I, I started back up at 35, having not bought an action figure or a wrestling figure in over at least 22 years because I stopped when I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. But then you get some guys who are in their early 20s and they have a good job, but they don't they can't spend 40 or 50 a figure or even 10 or 20 a figure. And they're like, okay, who could help me out with this or who could and maybe there's like a guy like me or PD or Pat or even you who have four Macho Man S1s, you know, with the orange tights that are going to go, you know what, I don't need four. Here's one, take it and send it to that. And then that kid pays it forward. Right, absolutely. It's not, you don't, see, that's the one thing that I love about these groups and especially the era. It's not just a bunch of people looking to get free stuff and then turn around and disappear. No, you you help somebody out and then they turn around and help 20 other people out and then those 20 go help 100 out. So it's just a nice effect of everybody helping each other to move their their collections along, you know, and we get, I'm sure you've seen it. I know there's probably a ton of people who see it and they say the word scalper because somebody buys a $20 figure and tries to sell it for a hundred. And then, you know, but for every one scalper, as they say, there's 20 other people behind them looking to sell the figure just to get back what they spent for it, Mm -hmm. you know, and help that person out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Or even a, a, a story recently Dan Gleason, who's a member in the era and one of my close friends as well, sent me a Liv Morgan out of the clear blue sky because he knew I wanted it. And when I asked him what I owe you, he said, you don't owe me anything. Right. You know, that's you get that. You get people who just send out birthday presents for no reason or a Christmas present or just it's Monday and I felt like sending you something. I knew you wanted it. Well, that, that's another thing you do in the era that I love is the, the toy hunting. Um, yeah. You know, if somebody in the group is looking for a certain figure, Archie's going to go out when he's hunting for his own figures. Right. And he's going to find, you know, if, I, if I'm if i looking for Ronda Rousey Elite with the holding the contract on the clipboard, Archie's going to try to find it for me. If and it can. seems like I find more of those every day because Ronda Rousey is not being <laughs> bought unless it's the Ultimate Edition, which is $30. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, but, well, see, the toy hunting, I have to give credit where it's due. Um, a young man who I follow on Instagram and in the groups is a friend of mine named Justin Oliver, who does amazing custom work. If you guys are ever looking for customs and don't want to buy them for me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Oliver is known as the Unboxed Alliance on Instagram, and he does amazing elites and basics and, and storm collectible customs. He was doing toy hunting on Instagram on the, on his live stream. And I said, well, that, that seems like a cool idea, but instead of doing it live, because there's obviously a, you know, you might have a malfunction or the camera might not be great or something might not be working in the store or you might slip and fall. You never know. Right. Um, I said, why not video when I go out and look at look for toys? I'm doing it anyway and see who needs what, you know what I mean? And that really came about because all of us admin, there's 10 of us um, in the era, always help each other out. You know, if we're out toy hunting or we just decide to go to Walmart to grab beer or soda or whatever and we see something we know the other one needs we'll hit each other up and go hey do you need this so we extended that into I'm out toy hunting if anybody needs anything leave a comment and tell me who needs what because again it's not about making money because it's going to cost the person either fifteen eighty eight for an elite or twenty dollars for an elite and then at least ten to ship you know whatever it's going to but we're saving them money on gas. We're sending that, saving them the heartbreak of going out on a hunt and not finding it. Because right. 
look, you've watched the episodes. I miss out four or five times before I hit something. Yeah, and you how, know? How, how many uh, how many AJ Nakamura <laughs> combo packs can we find Jesus. at TJ Maxx? If I you know? see one more gold uh, Goldberg retro at Target, <laughs> or one more Finn Balor Elite from like eight series ago in in any of the store, I'm going to scream because it's ridiculous. <laughs> the, my wife asked me to go to Target earlier because, like, all the Halloween stuff was on 99% off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, how could they put things at 99 That's like everything's going to be a penny. She's like, yeah, we need to go. So I went. <laughs> and, of course, me being a toy hunter, I have to go in the toy aisle. And I walk through the wrestling aisle, and there is a spotlight elite Jinder Mahal staring me directly in the face. Now, I don't like Jinder Mahal, so I didn't want to buy it. But I looked at it, and she came by and said, why are you looking at that figure like it's hurting your feelings? <laughs> I said, because that means the other three were here, and that means the other elites that came out with those were here as well, but I'm here late, and Jinder Mahal is mocking me right now. Yeah, or, or like me, I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in retail management for my real job. You know, my company, I'll get, I'll see a box come off the truck and it's like, it says WWE Mattel and I'm like, oh good. And then I open it up and it's, uh, the same, you know, series 65 that we've gotten the past, you know, 20 weeks or whatever. It's like, God, you can't, how many of these figures do we need? And now they're sitting on the shelf and nobody wants them. And I don't know. And then you you order from, uh, ringside collectibles and your box is damaged and right. And unless you buy the collect the, the 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 case that goes with it, and that causes more to ship and more to get the case. Yes. And, <laughs> and then eBay is a hit or miss because you never know who might scam you out of money and not send the item or whatever. And then it's that's why see that's why I'm a loose collector almost to the T because I don't want to have the heartbreak of oh god I just bought a, a one two three kid moc and it came dented yeah. or broke yeah. or it's uh, you know. Those things go for a lot of money, so if I'm paying that much, it better be in pristine condition. Well, and that's exactly why I have, I've honestly narrowed a lot of what I do as a collector to groups like the Era or the Asylum, mostly the Era and the Asylum, honestly. Right, um, right. Because I know that you or or uh, Dunk or right. uh, Pat or Dave, David Gold over at the Asylum or Nick Francis, they're going to take care of me. They're not going to send me a piece of shit. They're not, you know, they're going to make sure. They're going to send you a picture and show you what everything looks like before you even get it because we want you to know, well, there's a hairline crack or bend. And, you know, even though you really want it, we want you to know you're not getting, you know, it's not going to get messed up more. It's it's what it is, you know. Yep, yep. and so like you said, some scalper on eBay, scalper, use that word, some scalper yeah. on eBay is going to say, I've got a... A green card, Billy Gun, MOC, but he's not going to tell me, like you said, about the nope. crack under the foot. You know, nope. he's he's not going to take a picture of that shit. <laughs> no, of course not. And if he does, he's doing it so you don't do a chargeback or don't go through eBay and screw up his rating. And exactly. even then, he's still charging full value. Yes. You know, we look at you look at values of these things, and a oh, or you said Billy Gun, uh, an S11 Billy Gun in mint condition goes for two hundred dollars. Now, if he's charging 150 because it has a crack or a dent or a, a bend, okay, he, he subtracted 150. But if he's charging 200 and has those all those ailments, then you sold me, you know, uh, you sold me a lemon in yes. so many. Yeah. And your only way of getting out of it is, well, it was it wasn't like that when I sent it to you. Well, I'm sorry, I don't think the post office is that horrible. Right. <laughs> 
you know, they're bad. The post offices can be the devil when they want to be, but they're not going to kick my box down the street and get it to me. You know? Right. Yes, absolutely. So my next question for you, sir, as a collector, mm-hmm. what, what, and I know, I know what mine is and I'll reveal to the listeners. Well, anybody that listens to this show knows already, but what is your favorite series of wrestling figures? Uh, I would have to say, uh, the S eight Hasbro red cards, um, the cloaked undertaker, the, mm-hmm. the red Yokozuna that I mentioned, uh, the silver shades, Brett with the, um, the, it had, that was the first Brett that had the skull with the wings on it. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, the, uh, Mr. Luger. Perfect Lex Luger. And I'm, I mean, I'm not a diehard Lex Luger fan, but something about the red cards. I, I know every there's a lot of people like Dave Duncan. You mentioned him, love mm-hmm. the green cards. Uh, Patrick Mancinetti is just a fan of like impossible to get MOCs. You know what I mean? Something with and, an error or and something Marty with Gennetti's. a problem. And Marty Genetti's. Yeah, he loves his Marty Genetti's. <laughs> but for me, those those red cards. Something about the 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 red and the way the figure looked on that card is unbelievable. I, well, I agree on that, and that's my favorite. And you talked earlier about your first raffle win was on one spot. My right. my first raffle win was in the era. It was on two spots. And I won. Okay. I won a red card narcissist from Dave. Yes, so, I think I. I think I remember that. That was about a little, almost a year ago. Yes. Uh, no, more than a year ago because the Indiana show just passed that yes. you mentioned you met Pat at. So yep. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's my favorite series too. And to talk about the other group that uh, that just to, to shout out to the other group that Archie and I are both a member of the Asylum. I actually have a eighty-five percent. Um, rated AFC um, figure, Undertaker, red card from wow. John Majewski that I won in a raffle. That is a figure that, if I wanted to sell it on eBay, straight up, folks, I could probably get 800 bucks for it. Oh, without a doubt. Without I, a doubt. I won uh, that figure for 20 bucks on a raffle. Damn. You know, it's like, wow, that's it's now, amazing. See, to me, that's like having money in the bank because, and God forbid, but if something were to happen, you know you could nope. at least get five or six. You know, you know what's you know what's funny, Archie. I tell my kids all the time, Dad's a retail manager. There's a little bit of savings, but when I croak, you kids can pawn this collection <laughs> <laughs> and support your. Tell them to look up Patrick Mancinetti in the era. He'll buy it all <laughs> for a reasonable price, too. Yes, yes. No, um, I. You know, it's funny you mentioned John Majewski. I won a red card Undertaker from him as well. It's not graded, but um, he was holding a raffle in a prior group that he was a men- member of and an admin in. We won't mention any names, though, because that group got a lot of flack after a little while because of its owner. Okay. Um, but um, John was holding a raffle, and the winner got either a was a, a red card Brett or a, the red card Undertaker with a bunch of has- loose Hasbros. And for some reason, I just was compelled before it closed to buy five spots. It was $2 a spot. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it. I think I went like two days without even looking at the board or seeing what was going on. And he messages me. He's like, dude, congrats. I'm like, congrats on what? He's like, <laughs> you won. I'm like, what the hell did I win, John? Don't don't be coy. What did I win? He's like, you won the, the raffle you bought the last five spots in that you closed. I'm like, you're joking. He's like, no, go look. So I watched the video. I'm like, wow. Ten bucks. Now, the red card Brett is worth three fifty to four hundred, and yeah. the Undertaker is worth three fifty to four hundred. 
But again, me being a loose collector, I'm like, give me the red card Undertaker and the loose loose Hasbro's. He's like, sure, no problem. He sent it. It got. I I thought it was a day, but it was two days that it got there in. And this thing was in pristine shape. Mm-hmm. I'm for a a twenty year old toy. I was expecting there to be at least one bend, but I mean, it was almost completely straight. And I looked at this thing, and I'm, my dad walked in the door. He came over to see me. He's like, hey, what'd you get there? I'm like, this is a $400 figure, and I'll never forget it. My father looked at me and said, you spent $400 on a toy? <laughs> Judgment. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I want it for 10 He's like, oh, well, that's even better. Wait a minute. <laughs> Mind you, though, my father is a collector as well, only he collects the old G.I. Joes, the, the big ones that used okay. to come out in the 60s and yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah. So, after he was happy, I looked at him and I said, why would you even think of judging what I did, though? I know you have two and $300 G.I. Joes that you paid for. I have, I, have a very, like, I have a very good friend of mine. That's funny. I have a very good friend of mine that he actually um, sells that old G.I. Joe stuff. And okay. It's crazy. It's crazy oh, that yeah. the amount of, like, a little MP helmet from one of those figures can go for, like, okay. $300. It's insane. Just, you just, I was just about, my dad and my uncle went partners on a $50 lot on eBay. Uh-huh. And MP helmet and a telephone. You know those old army phones with yeah. it on a box? Yeah. They found them in the bag. And my uncle's like, let me take these home and research them. I got a feeling they're worth something. So like three days goes by. And my uncle walks in with, an, with a white envelope in his hand and hands it to my father. My dad's like, what is this? He's like, that's your, your half. My dad's like, half of what? He's like, the MP helmet was worth 300 and the toy phone was worth 600 Yeah, That's, it's like fucking insane. <laughs> you've got 450 in that envelope. My dad's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, I almost feel bad that we only paid the guy $50. My uncle's like, fuck him. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, he's not, if he's not smart enough to research it, fuck him. <laughs> I, I looked at my father. I'm like, wow. And this was before I'm collecting. I'm not into anything right now. I'm, I, you know, and when they talk about GI Joe stuff, I'm like, yawn. I don't. Right. You know. <laughs> I mean, I liked the the, the 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 little small GI Joes when I was younger, the ones that came out from Hasbro and all that. But those big ones are like too complicated. They need you need everything, and it's got to have this and, and flock mm-hmm. the hair. And do it. When I heard 950, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Maybe I should start liking these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I tried to get into them and I I almost bought a lot and I'm like, Dad, is this any good? And he's like, no. I'm like, why? He's like, because it's fodder. And that was the first time I ever heard that word used. <laughs> and I said, what's fodder? And he said, it's, it's basically when you, it's like you have five figures there, but only two of them will make one real figure. Right. And. The rest is just pieces you're going to, like, sell or part out to get one other figure or whatever. I'm like, okay. And I just shut my mouth, and I didn't say anything, and I left it alone. I never looked again. And then I got involved in customizing the Hasbros and the Retros, and a guy said, so you, do you want that fodder lot? And I said, Jesus Christ, I'm back where I started with my father. Wait a minute. <laughs> and that, that, I was about to say that's a beautiful segue to my next question. Okay. <laughs> um, was I wanted to get into your customizing. And, okay. Um, if you want to tell the folks about your customs and and well, I, I, I'll have a couple questions along the way, but if you want sure. to tell the the listeners about your customs and how they can get a hold of you, what you customize, <laughs> um, but feel free. Whatever you got to say. Well, um, I again before I started collecting, I was following um old I believe it's Hasbro Maniacs on Instagram, 
which is Danny Cage. Yes, Danny Cage. I, I am a member of his Facebook group, yes. Yes. Um, and um, very nice guy. Always used to, you know, answer my comments whenever I would ask him a question or something. The first thing I ever saw him do was the NWO Hulk Hogan uh, Hasbro. He took a normal S1 Hogan and made it look phenomenal, like if it was the end, like it came out that way. And I went, wow, I'd, I'd love to try to do something like that one day. And then I got into the into the collecting and everything like that, and I had, you know, my collection. I was at like 20 or 25 Hasbros. And then I think it was, it might have been Petey. Yeah, it was Petey Gleason, uh, admin in the era, good buddy of mine, guy that I've hung out with 10 times, ate in pizza with at least five of those times. Um, and he sent me, you know, he said, I'm going to send you a box of, of fodder. I'm like, okay. I, again, I know what it means, but I'm thinking there's got to be at least two or three in there that are salvageable that I, you know, can put in my collection. And there was. Uh, there was a Demolition cra uh, Crush. There was a, 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 a Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And he sold me a, a, an Owen Hart, which was absolutely mint. And then underneath that was a bunch of rubble. I mean, arms, legs, bodies, heads, you name it. Everything was taken either apart or falling off. But I knew that was what it was going to be because he told me it was fodder. Right. So I, I found a... Um, a second generation Hulk Hogan, the one with the uh, the it's uh, Hulkaplex. Yes, the arm, the arms extended with the fists. Right. Yes. Exactly. So I took out black paint and I painted the the shirt and the pants and made the boots white and I went, wow, this is actually coming out okay. And then I did the bandana and I did the NWO symbol, which I used logos back then, decals, and it was you know easier to do than pan painting. Right. Uh, but then I realized, well, an NWO logo is just spray paint, so technically it could look like crap and no one would even say anything because <laughs> that's what the NWO logo is. It was a, a shoddily painted, you know, sketch. Okay. But I did the logos and they came out good. And then I posted it in Golden Era and on W Figs. And Danny Cage messages me and said, mate, that looks incredible. It looks almost as good as mine. And I said, wow, talk about the ultimate compliment from the guy you wanted from. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like one of your heroes telling you you've done good. So it's like, okay. And then someone made me an offer on it. And, of course, the offer fell through because they were just a, a window shopper and whatnot. But, uh, you know, they said, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. I'm like, wow, okay. Well, I don't think I want to sell these. I'm, I'm doing it for myself. And I didn't think my work was anything that great. So I didn't want to, you know, sell somebody something that they would end up later on looking at and going, why did I spend 50 bucks on this piece of shit? You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just tough on myself like that. Oh, I'm, so, the, I'm the same way. I, I'm the yeah. same way about my podcast. You know, I go, yeah, I think that was a really good show. And then I listen to it. I'm like, God, I hope my listeners like this show. <laughs> but see, then you end up looking at how many people actually listen to it. And you're like, wow, people actually liked what I was saying. At yes. least if they listened, yes. you know what I mean? So, and that's again, an ultimate compliment. I used to do a podcast like five or six years ago with five friends of mine. And after our third show, we looked at, iTunes and we had a thousand views and I went Jesus Christ people really want to listen to us <laughs> right exactly yeah we're talking about our top five favorite movies and diners we're not talking about rocket science why are they even <laughs> listening right now and then someone left a comment and said I listened to your four episodes because they were an hour and a half long I listened to your four episodes on my car ride to Florida which was 12 hours long and you guys made the road seem smaller and I went wow yeah you know 
So yeah. you don't realize that you're doing something that people will actually I, like. But. I have I have guys message me all the time that work like um, you know factory jobs where mm-hmm. they're they're welding all night or what have you, and you know my podcast at times because I'm a fucking blabbermouth can be a bit little bit long, and my brother my brother who's my co-host is a blowhard, so it can be a little bit long, <laughs> and it, it it I have guys message me and say, dude, your podcast makes my shift go faster. Right, and that's a that's like you said that's a that's a compliment. That's that's why we oh, do definitely. what we do. It's a labor of love. Podcasting isn't a money making business, folks. I promise no, you that. unless you get signed to one of those companies that right. puts you on everything, you yeah. know, then Pod- you're making podcast. However- podcast one might let me in in a decade, but mm. <laughs> but back to yeah. your story. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off, Arch. Well, no, uh, the weirdest compliment I ever got from somebody when I did the podcast with my friends was. Your what? My wife and and I listen to you while we're in bed, and I thought, well, wait a minute. <laughs> what wait, does he mean you, exactly? You, you do have a silky smooth voice, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually the one. I I took a step back in a few episodes because I felt I was talking too much, and I let you know the four other guys do whatever they were doing, and I I he's like, my wife and I can't wait every week to listen to you in bed. I'm like, wow, what a. I don't know if this is good, bad, what yeah. you know, and I just left it at that. It reminds so. me of the, it reminds me of that story that Tommy Dreamer if you've ever seen the the rise and fall of ECW DVD yes. and Tommy's talking about all the audition tapes people sent to him and the guy you know mm-hmm. the guy that they sent him the video of the guy killing a possum or whatever you know it's like Jesus right. Christ what is going on out there right <laughs> what am I what am I promoting right now exactly <laughs> so I um again like I said the, the Hogan came out decent in my opinion but others liked it and then i made a terry funk and i because terry funk is my absolute idol um mm-hmm. someone that i've loved for many years and my son jokes that he's probably going to pass away before i get a chance to meet him um and I, that's probably true because the two times he was supposed to come to new jersey he got pneumonia oh god and i he missed the two places i was supposed to meet him at so <laughs> i i it might be true um but as time went on, I was making figures and doing, you know, and then I met Matthew DeCosta, who's also an admin in the era, mm-hmm. and by far one of the finest customizers I've ever met. He makes these things look spot on to Hasbro's. There's not a, you know, you would swear that Hasbro made them or that he worked for them. You know, that's how great they come out mm-hmm. with the the paint job and the way the, the, the paint looks on the skin. It's It doesn't look like, oh, well, this was messed with or someone, you know, fixed it. No. Matt gets it done cleanly. Uh, I own a few of his customs and HBK uh, black pants that he did, but as the prototype with the punching arm and okay. not the, the two fists. Right. Um, and a Kurt Angle. And I, I have one other. I'm, I can't remember which one it is. Um, and Matt gave me a couple of tips. And then it just, it just continued to snowball from there. And my first custom I ever sold was um, trying to remember what was it. First custom I ever sold was a Macho Man Randy Savage I made in blue jeans and a purple shirt with the cream of the crop shirt that he wears with yes. the sunglasses. Uh-huh. And it, I actually raffled it in the era, and um, it filled in like six minutes. And I was like, Jesus, is this really <laughs> this good? And I was blown away. And the guy who got it raved and asked me for to make something else. And then other people, and it was just like... Okay, so this is slightly profitable because obviously you have to invest money in order to do this. Right. Um, and 
I found out the most expensive part of customizing was not a body, was not a, a an accessory. It was the heads. Because if you want, like, for instance, I have right now, like, 18 heads to Daniel Ariola, who is a admin in um, Asylum. Mm-hmm. And, a, a, again, one of the best customizers I've ever met. Him and Matt, the cost are neck and neck. Um, Daniel pulls out amazing customs of other people, not just wrestlers. He could make a custom of you, Nate. He's made one uh, listen, of me. Did he? Did he just? I, I was just on scrolling earlier, and it, it was honestly while uh, John was doing Deal or No Deal, so I wasn't, I wasn't like hardcore paying attention to who was posting. But did he just make the um, the? Um, yes, the Captain Spaulding. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sickening, right? It's like amazing. Yeah, it's You'd crazy. Swear it's it's that guy, you know, that from the it's he's, it's the the character from A House of a Thousand Corpses. It's amazing. Yes. And, I sent him a bunch of heads to have them copied because um, to buy those kind of thing, you know, to have someone make you a resin, you know, mold or whatever, it's you're talking anywhere from twenty to a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Dan Gleason, again, one of our buddies, just bought uh, Ole Anderson heads for myself and him, and they were fifteen dollars a piece. But the reason they were so cheap is because it took 10 people to buy one each to make up for the $150 it was going to cost to make that plaster mold and then make the heads. So (laughs) if I would have just wanted to buy one, it would have cost me 150 bucks just Mm -hmm. for one Ole Anderson head because they've never made an Ole Anderson head. Right. Well, Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say to, to anyone listening. uh, (laughs) And those of you that are in the groups have probably seen the picture because I, I'd like to show it off, but Archie actually sold me, a Bobby the Brain Heenan yes. uh, custom for my Hasbro collection, Take which, ever made. by the way, is center. <laughs> center. <'Cause laughs> I, I have I have a Heenan family now. You know, it's great. And, and, the, and the, the, the custom head is fantastic. The figure's fantastic. And I know, I know for a fact that it probably was not easy to make it. It probably was not cheap to make it. But Archie gave me an amazing deal on it. Because well, again, and I, I hate to keep—I I don't hate to keep going back to this, but I know I keep harping on this. This is not a business; it's a family. No, exactly. Look, if I were trying to pay my bills with this, I'm sure I'd be shrewder. But like you said about your podcast, and then you have your normal job in, in retail. I have a normal job as well, and I—I I always try to tell the people, you know, I call them clients, but it's mostly friends because you know I've only had a couple of people I've never met ever or talked to reach out to buy, you know, customs for me. Um, I always tell my friends and clients, you know, I need at least two to three weeks, but then I end up getting it done sooner, but that's only because you don't know what your schedule is going to yes. be like. You know? Well, and that is the same as that's just, that's just plain honest to God, good customer service and caring about yeah. your customer. Cause that's what I do in retail. If I need to order something and I know that I might have it in a week, I'm going to tell you, Archie, Give me two to three weeks for, right. this, for, this, for this piece of furniture. And and if I have it in a week, well, damn, you're you're super satisfied. But I also, oh. I didn't, then I didn't tell you a week, and then my company screws it up, and it's three weeks, and you're pissed. Exactly. You know, and, exactly. and you, you don't have a couch now because you sold your couch because you thought That's I was going to exactly. have it in a Exactly. I just bought my kids a new bed because I was fixing their bedroom, and the guy said, oh, I'll have it in four days. He ends up getting the wrong bed in in four days. Tells me, well, I could give you this one, but it'll be an extra two hundred. You know what I mean? Or wait an extra two weeks now so I can get the real. And I'm like, really? Yeah, you'll never go there again. 
<laughs> no, I told, and I told, now I told him I want free delivery, and you better you better be here in two weeks, or else I want my full refund back. You know, absolutely. Like, yeah, my kids are sleeping on air mattress right now because he misled me. But like you said, I'll never go back there again. I know better. Mm-hmm. But the the Bobby Heenan that I made for you, um, I, I the thing I always felt Hasbro missed out on was a manager line. Yes, I absolutely agree. I you know, that, who that, would have loved I, Mr. Fuji or Bobby? Shit, I thought that when I was 12, not just at 41. Right, no, as a kid, yeah. You it's know, like you have Andre the Giant, but you don't have Bobby Heenan uh-huh. to be next to him. You yes, know what I mean? I have the Mountie, but I don't have Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, who who wouldn't have liked to have them all three members of Demolition with Mr. Fuji oh. in the middle of them with the war paint on, you Hell know, yes. or next to Hours of Pain, or, you know, or even a Slick, which... They had the body types for them. I mean, a slick could have just been a million-dollar man, only a little bit taller. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It wasn't that hard, you know. But the, and then the other thing that Hasbro missed out on was making a female line, and that's something I've been doing more and more of. Mm-hmm. Was make is making the the female customs because they're a little easier, uh, not not much, but um, and uh, here's a. A trick of the trade to anybody who's having trouble making female figures. There are two sets of legs that can be used to make a, a female figure. R- Rick Rude, because he's the cheapest Hasbro that there is that, when that, it comes to buying them. That was going to be my next question, was how do you, with no females in the line ever, how do you make a female figure? Well, uh, the first thing you do is you buy either a basic or a uh, elite uh, female figure. Mm-hmm. I would suggest a basic because they're cheaper. Um, and I don't, I have one rule that I, I set for myself in all of customizing, I will not break a $20 figure or higher. Okay. So if I didn't get it for three or four bucks, you know, in a custom lot or 10 bucks for a basic, and I had to give the, the 20 on a Cassius Ono that just came out, I'm not busting that up. That's staying MOC and not being touched. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, for instance, I just made a, a Sonya Deville. And the the basic Sonya Deville was on sale at five below for five dollars, so I bought it and cracked the legs off uh, to get her down to her waist. You shaved the legs down, the waist down a bit, um, and then I used a pair of jumper retro legs um, because those are the skinniest legs in the retro line. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I used a Goldberg uh, pair of retro legs. Uh-huh. Um, because she's, you know, she's a fighter, an MMA fighter. She does have a little bit thicker of legs, and the the pants actually worked out good to just paint them a different color and, and put her on that waist and then put her skirt around it. Um, but then I've made other uh, custom female, like uh, I made my first Becky Lynch with a, with a pair of um, Rick Rude legs and uh, painted those black, and then I added the skin tone and then put the fishnet stockings with a, you know, a fine brush. Um, you know, but like I said, Rick Rude legs or a pair of jumper legs from either Hasbro or Retro work perfect for the female figures, as long as they wear pants, obviously, or, you know, some kind of outfit that doesn't require the full leg to be showing. Right. Um, so it, 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 it's, it's, it's a it's not as hard to do a female figure because it's pretty much just a couple of cracks and then putting the torso onto the legs and whatnot. But then when you look at the finished product, it, it actually it looks like, wow, why why couldn't Mattel do this right now? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Why weren't they thinking in the same, you know, forward thinking? And you look at it from this point of view with wrestling, the females have kind of taken over the last two or three years. Yeah. So 
why wouldn't they be looking to make retros? Because you have the Barbie doll female wrestlers now. You make every basic and elite female wrestler, Asuka and, and Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose and all them. Why wouldn't you do a retro now? Or they're doing the He-Man line that's coming out soon. Why wouldn't you do females? Because there were females in He-Man, in the He-Man toy line. How about Tila? <laughs> right, I, right, exactly. Well, and you know, and the She-Ra, you know, it, it's... That's one of the biggest things in, in groups like ours now is, is but the biggest one of the biggest things I'm pissed off is why why no more retros? I don't understand. I don't understand that decision. I, I guess I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't. Uh, I don't either. Um, and they could blame it on that they didn't make enough. You know, maybe they weren't selling. But you have to put the damn things out for sale. Yes. <laughs> You, okay, Get- Series 1 and 2, Walmart exclusives. Great, no problem. I wasn't into collecting when those came out yet, though. Uh-huh. So I bought it at the ending when Walmart put them all on sale for two fifty. But the only ones that were actually still left on the shelf were Austin and Ultimate Warrior. Right. So everything else sold. Okay, so Series 1 and 2 were a success. Series 3 was a Target exclusive. Well, guess what? Series 3 is still in Target. You could go there and find an AJ Styles or a Goldberg on the peg at any day of the week. Yep. I, and it's two years later. I don't know. You know. I, honestly, I don't know if in the history of me from, I don't know, from five years old to now, I don't know if I've ever seen a figure more commonly on a shelf than that Goldberg retro. Right. Good God. <laughs> and it's still marked at $13. It doesn't have like a $3 clearance tag on right. it. Right, yes. You know I mean? Yeah. You know, but yet I can go to Marshall's and find all of Series 8 and 9 for 4 and $5. It's like, why is, so wait, Target values Goldberg more than Marshall does Braun Strowman? You know what I mean? Who's newer? <laughs> it's like, you know, and then you look at the way the, the rest of the series rolled out. 4, 5, and 6 barely hit Kmart, supposedly, mm-hmm. which I only saw Series 5 in Kmart one time. And I, I bought Bray Wyatt and, and Sting. Um, but then they I, all hit five below. I, I don't remember what series he was, but I'm going to tell you, I, there, there was, God, I can't remember what series he was. Uh, you'll tell me, you'll know, One. but the, in my entire area and my, I live in a small town in Ohio. Okay. So to 30 miles east of me is a town called Lima, Ohio. Okay. 30 miles west of me is a town called Fort Wayne, Indiana, which, okay. you know, so it, when when my wife and I go shopping, we live in this podunk town, so usually when we go shopping, we want to go out to dinner or what have you, we go to either Lima or Fort Wayne. Right. So in those two cities, this is the honest-to-God fucking truth, it's crazy, but in those two cities, in my area, you know, I never saw the retro Purple Undertaker. Never once. That was, that was Series 1. Yeah, I never saw that figure anywhere in this area. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know. It's it's yeah, that's... market penetration in in some areas is insane. So, like you were alluding to, if they would have, if they would have, if they would just make more product available, right? More, you know? more. Okay, well, so in that series, the Undertaker, honestly, probably, if if I'm looking at my market, which is a smaller market. That was probably the one they produced the least of, but they probably could have made the most out of because I'd have bought well, five of them, you know. Exactly, and here's what I'm not understanding: you released guys that no one was really axing 
for into the areas, every area. Seth you know Rollins. what I mean? God, how many Seth five, Rollins did I see? Five, five below got every one that came out in series four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. And okay, Macho Man and Ric Flair being the two everybody wanted, obviously. Right. And I'm sure everybody wanted a Nakamura, and a, 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 which I, I know I did. I, I busted to get one. Um, but my point is, if you you look at like big cities, wherever you go, there are wrestling fans. You know what I mean? You could go in, like you said, you can go to Fort Wayne, Indiana. You can go to your town. You can go to Florida. You can go to Texas. There's going to be wrestling fans there. Yes. And the guys they identify with most are The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Ric Flair, Macho Why wouldn't you at yeah, least you're... release the well-known names mm-hmm. and save names like Bray Wyatt and, you know, you release two stings. Okay, so, okay, both stings could have been released everywhere, but release a Bray Wyatt and a Zack Ryder. And that's no knock to Zack Ryder, but I'm sure you understand what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah, at. absolutely. You, yeah, you yeah, could have released semi I totally get it, because in my area... In my area, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a hardcore wrestling fan going back to 1983. Okay, so I, right. You know, I I know who uh, Jose Luis Rivera was. Right. But in my area, if I in my area, if I talk to guys around here, exactly like you said, they're gonna say Stone Cold, Undertaker, Mankind. You know, they they know the big names, and that's they want the attitude era. They don't want the new age wrestlers right away. Right now, okay. You give me Stone Cold Mankind, The Rock, Triple H, which why he was a jumper in that remain that yeah, makes no God, sense. I, hate, I okay? hate that figure. <laughs> <laughs> and now you release those guys to me. I buy them. I spent my life savings on them. Okay, great. And guess what happens two months later? Now you release to me AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, and Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Well, now I need to have them so my set could be complete. So guess what? You got another buyer coming out. You know, right and. 20 other people are going to be behind me because I talked them up so much. <laughs> you know, it's It just makes no sense. And then the stupidity of it is it's not just the retros. I have gone to seven different Marshall, uh, seven different Walmarts, seven different Targets, and two or three Kmarts in the state of New Jersey, and that's within a 40-mile radius that I live around. Mm-hmm. I can't find the new elites when I need to find them. I, I, I saw The Undertaker... Ghostbusters one time, and it was missing the belt in the hat. The only, right. you know, so that was like that. But other than that, around here, if he wouldn't, if I wouldn't have had that in, I, I'd have never gotten one. Exactly, I'd have never got one. Exactly. Now, see, you have that in. Then there's people who have friends that work at Walmart, or you know, casually go there constantly. They don't work there, but they're there four times a day. Right. You know what I mean. And they spot it, and okay, everybody gets that call. Hey, they have the okay, yeah, grab it. I, I got money for it, or I'll pay you in two days, or whatever. Everyone's got somewhat of a hookup, but then you get a guy like me who walks in, sees the Undertaker, Ghostbusters sitting there on the shelf from the side profile. I walk up to the box, and it's missing the hat and the belt out of the uh. box. I ask <laughs> the guy who works there, "Hey, do you have any more of these in the back?" He tells me, "No." I leave. I come back three days later and find the Rock Ghostbuster sitting there. So he did have more, right? But the, he didn't put them out till later, and then somebody else bought them. Yes, you know. And you know what? Brick seeks no help anymore. No, it isn't. They <laughs> changed everything since they had that malfunction where everything was ringing up seven eighty eight, not fifteen eighty eight. Brick seek went out. I think they stopped letting Brick seek know exactly what was in the store. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way to me too. Because I don't even use it anymore. I don't even care. 
I uh, I <laughs> found a, um, a guy on YouTube who does Walmart. Um, it's called his his exact YouTube name is Walmart Hidden Clearance, okay. and I watch his videos. And he goes in there and he'll go to the clearance aisle, but then he'll show you that things are that might be marked to two. If they've been on clearance for two months at two dollars, they're actually fifty cents or whatever. Uh-huh. And he said that he uses the Walmart app while he's in the store, scans the box, and then it tells him whatever else is in the store. Right. So I downloaded the Walmart app and the Target app. I figured, what the hell, I might as well use them. He's using it to find things cheap. I just want to find out where the hell all the stuff is in the store. You know, it'll at least tell me what aisle this thing is, these things are in. So I go to the wrestling aisle and I scan. Uh, a basic, and it comes up. I swear to God, Nate. Five eighty-eight, not available. All sold out. But I'm holding it in my hand. <laughs> so I put it down. Be, I picked be, up an honestly, e- honestly, Arch, being in retail, mm-hmm. I can I can tell you sometimes I have my scanner <laughs> and I scan and it says right. <laughs> See that you just you just confirmed <laughs> what I'm about to say. I looked at an elite. It was an older elite. I don't want to lie who it was. I scanned it. It said the same thing. So I called a worker over. He comes over. He sees what it's doing. He uses a scanner. And he looks at me and he goes, look, I'm not going to even lie to you, bro. We don't update our online until like a week from now. It's like once a week we do it. So that's telling you what was going on four days ago. We're not due to update again for another five or six days. So I can't tell you that it's going to be spot on with what's in store. I'm like, but dude, I'm holding it in my hand and it's telling me it's not available. Right. <laughs> I'm, I go to buy this right now. Are they going to let me buy it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so then why can't somebody just hit a button in the back there? I'm like, I know you've got a guy sitting in front of a computer screen that controls the online store. Yeah, I do. I'm like, well, then why can't he hit a button that says it's available? Right. So tell me where the rest of these damn things are. He's like, we just don't pay them to do that that much. I'm like, really? That's really the only thing you could tell me? He's like, yep, that's all I could tell you. So I'm walking away. He sees how pissed off I'm at. He's like, but I can tell you there are a few wrestlers in the um, clearance aisle. <laughs> so I go running. I take a track and field star run to the clearance aisle now. <laughs> And sure enough, there's four retros. Two of them are Sheamus. Two of them are HBK. And they're marked to $2.50. Wow. And I, everyone was saying that that was happening. So, But I was never finding them. So I grab all four. I walk to the front. I pay $10. Like, okay, this is custom fodder. Whatever. I'll give them away <laughs> as an extra prize or whatever. I'll, I'll use them whatever. It doesn't. not a big deal. For $2.50, I'm not letting them stay in the store. So before I walked out, I turn it around and I hit the barcode and I click on it. And this damn thing shows up and it tells me it's in clearance. (laughs) And I'm like, so the things that are not supposed to be there are ringing up and telling me identically where they are. But the things that I'm holding in the regular toy aisle are not. So I come home, I'm bitching to one of my friends. He's like, well, you do realize I found the new elites in the fishing area, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they had a, the, the the setup for it. I'm like, the Ghostbuster ones? He's like, that and The Rock and a couple other ones were in this big Ghostbuster setup, the the display, in the fish and tackle aisle. What the fuck are they doing over there? Why would they put them there? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, did you buy any? He's like, no, I don't buy toys. I'm like, thanks yeah, for making me feel like an idiot. It, it's not, but it's not uncommon in retail. My company, right now, in the at the end of the... For Christ's sake. At the end of the toy aisle, 
mm-hmm. there is a, a, and my wife thinks this is just the funniest shit in the world. Okay. At the end, at the end of the toy aisle, there is a, a displayer of cell phone accessories. Yes, I've seen and, one like that at the Walmart back here and, too. And the reason that the reason that I the reason that I, she thinks is so funny is it's at the end of the toy aisle, and one of these cell phone accessories looks like a butt plug. Mm-hmm. And I'm yep. just like, what the hell am I doing it's putting a this stand, in? But it looks like a butt plug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the hell am I doing this? I feel terrible. I feel like a terrible human being putting this at the end of a toy aisle. What a terrible right. human I am. Right. Why are we showing children these things? Yes. For God's sake. <laughs> have some morals <laughs> no it's getting harder and harder to toy hunt and then you get on ebay and you see that the new page and the new cassius ono is selling for a hundred and it's like okay you know this is the one thing that pisses me off i, I don't know if you're familiar with family guy but grinds my gears yeah <laughs> um you have the 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 nerve to ask me for a hundred dollars for a figure that I know you just spent fifteen eighty eight on, right. or twenty at the most, let's oh, say. Let, let's not let's not uh, go on the uh, that that uh, uh, King Mabel and Pat Patterson rash. Yeah. earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, but yet they showed up a week later after everybody thought that they were high end and worth yeah. it. You know. God damn it! <laughs> uh, I felt bad. One of our one of our guys, one of our good buddies. Bought a Pat Patterson, and he's like, "Okay, I'm only going to try to sell it for thirty-five. That's me making ten dollars above what I'm going to ship and pay for." I'm like, uh-huh. "Okay, go for it." It's like I'm like, "You're not looking to rip anybody off. You're saving them the time." Right. He got stuck with this thing for three weeks because yeah. we were finding well, Pat Patterson uh, everywhere. Honestly, I had the same problem because I when I found them, I actually found them at my Walmart, and I bought two because I bought one for me MOC. Right. And then I bought one. Oh shit! I'll sell it on eBay, and that was right. the exact problem I ran into. I was only, I only tried to sell it for thirty seven, and then I right. sat on it forever. And then I just sell I I just sold it to a uh, I think it was a, a friend in the era, or, or the asylum. My I can't remember now. Right. But I just sold it to them for thirty. You know, whatever. I made uh, right. five bucks or whatever. Right. But, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That and, that you know. I, yeah. They they. Uh, I don't know. It's. That's the funniest thing, though, too, about the little things about these wrestling groups and the era. Um, the you you meet these guys and you they give you your their price, and sometimes the price is so great you're not going to haggle because, like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. Alex Lincoln just went to his Walmart and he found um, Vince McMahon and um, uh, Dolph Ziggler and EC3. Mm-hmm. He said he was getting Vince McMahon for himself. Okay, no harm, no foul. It's, he's there sh- shopping. It's up to him to pick what he wants. Right. He offered the rest of us EC3 or Dolph. Pat jumped on Dolph Ziggler because Pat's an Ohio guy as well, and he loves to represent the Ohio guys. So, okay, mm-hmm. I wanted EC3. I'm like, Alex, what do you want? He's like, I want sticker price and whatever the shipping is. I'm like, okay, so what? He's like, it's fifteen eighty eight. I'm like, so twenty two will cover it? He said, yeah, no problem. That's perfect. Right. Know what I mean? And I didn't even have to haggle or anything because why wouldn't I give twenty two? I'm gonna give that much in gas, and by the time I get to the to store, if right, I find to try it, try to look around for it, and not to mention, you know, the hair loss and the that means yes, yeah. and it, the aggravation and the stupidity of the workers telling you, oh no, we don't have those. No, we've never had those. The, no, we don't know what the WWE is. You know, <laughs> funny thing about that again, back to the groups, folks. Alex, you brought Ale- up Alex Lancone. Um, mm-hmm. He and I. Uh, I did one of the, um, the hit one of his um, 
um, email. E- yes. And uh, I got a Mr. Fuji LJN, which I needed because I'm trying to. I, I have I have a complete Hasbro collection, so all the Hasbros that I get now are just extra. Right. Um, right. So now I've kind of moved on to LJNs. You know, okay. Do I remember busting my thumbs on these guys when I was a kid? That King Kong yep. Bundy. That King Kong Bundy killed my thumbs. That um, thing was like five pounds. <laughs> yes, it was insane. But uh, so I, I've started collecting those now. And um, he had a Fuji, and I got it for like, I mean, it looks great, fantastic condition, folks. Without I got it. Out. I got it for twelve bucks, right? Uh, from Alex. And but anyway, we're 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 chatting as as we're uh, finishing up the shipping information, and everything. Turns out, guess what? Alex and I live like literally forty five minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so you never know. It's just it's such a small world, right? You exactly. Know? And or or. What's- the, I bought the... something from Petey, and I, he looked at me, and he said, I'm like, how much do you need? He's like, I need 22 shipped. I'm like, wait a minute. Why can't I take the shipping off, and I'll just pick it up from your ass? Right. He's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll meet you for pizza. I'm like, okay, I'm buying a slice then to save you on the gas money and whatever. He's like, okay, great, great, not a problem. You know, you, you find these people that live closer than you ever would have imagined, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? And then also, speaking of close... You know, Archie and I are friends, and we don't live close. You know, Archie right. Archie lives far away from I, but we uh, it, it's a connection. And and to to wrap out. to wrap up the segment, that's that's the whole point of this. Um, the the no, era it's, is it's family. I, it's, yes, it's, exactly. I don't look at it as um, I'm giving somebody my money or blah blah blah. Yeah, no. the raffles are fun. I'm a gambling, like you said, I'm a gambling man. My wife does not like to take me to Vegas. Okay, but, no, my neither. <laughs> but but it's not. It's that's not what it is. At the end of the day, um, we we participate in the raffles. We participate in the in the events. But at the end of the day, again, I mean that figure that Archie, that Bobby the Brain, that Bobby the Brain Heenan figure that Archie sold me. Could have he could have easily sold that to somebody. Honestly, Arch, get, after I got that figure, I told my wife, I said he could have sold this to me for 125 bucks, and I'd have bought it. And, and see, that's another thing that I don't do. I try my best to cover what it costs me, what uh-huh. it's going to be for shipping, and if I make 10, 10 or 15 bucks at the most, sometimes you know what I mean. Because here's the thing: I we all started out buying that you know crappy looking Hulk Hogan missing a finger. Right, yeah, or the doink, the the, the, uh, the shocker doink. Right, or a <laughs> nose warrior or something. And then as we got older in our collecting, we realized, well, hey, that isn't that much money anymore. 20 bucks for a, a boss man too with a nightstick, which that's hard to find, but yes. you know what I mean. It's like, okay, I can give that 20, or I can give this, or I can give that. Or, okay, I sold something to so-and-so, and now I can buy, or, oh, wait, so-and-so has what I want, and I have what he wants. Let's just trade now mm-hmm. and, you know, make up the difference somewhere else. And it's, it, that's, it, it, it's, it's funny. You know, I, you get a lot of people who are in this for the collecting. Like, I'd have to say 75%, 80% of the people in the era are in this for the collecting, helping, and the love of having these things because they make us feel like kids again. And then there's like 10% who are, like we always said, scalpers and just looking to make a quick buck. And then there are people who are, like you said, you're complete right now. I am as well. I have have every Hasbro I need, you know. And then they win something. Like I had someone win win a raffle a few weeks back. 
And I, I messaged him like I messaged everybody. Congratulations, buddy. You've won. Happy it was you. You know, because, you know, when it's somebody we know, it makes it even better because yeah. we know we're going to a good place. Yes, sir. I need your address and what's your choice. He picked his choice, gave me his address. I start filling out the label. 20 minutes later, he messages me. He's like, can you send it somewhere else? I'm like, yeah, no problem. They can, like, I know I hide from my wife when I buy something or something. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, wants to go to his work or his family's house or something like that, you know. He's like, okay, he gives me a totally different name and address in a, in a state that's like four or 500 miles away. I'm like, okay, what am I doing here exactly? I had to ask. I can't. I had to be nosy. I'm like, what am I doing here? He's like, oh, I just traded that to somebody else, and they're giving me what I want, and they're getting what they want. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, look that. You made two people's day. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is a good thing or bad. I'm like, I'm, I, I guess. I'm like, you know what? Okay, no problem. Sent it out. He messaged me. He's like, the guy got it. He's very happy. I got what I wanted. I'm happy, and I'll see you in the next event. I'm like, okay. I'm, I, it was just mind-blowing. I'm like, I've never had anybody give away their winnings before they get it. And that, well, and that... <laughs> He's saving the middleman. He doesn't want to have to reship once he gets it, you know. Well, and that's so. the thing. That's the reason why I always, the only two, honest to God, the only two figure groups that so far for me, you know, I, I got into this, um, well, it would have been, the first time I got into a figure group was the era. So it would have been a year, a, you know, a year or so ago at that, right. um, at that, at Heroes and Legends event. But the only two groups so far that have that have stood out to me as not just guys wanting to take my money but a right. community of people of the same interest a community of people a diversity and, and just beautiful humanity honestly is is the era and the asylum and that's why that's the only two groups that I will talk about on my on my podcast and the era being being my first and being being the one that's in my heart the most um, I I I, I want to encourage every single listener of this show. You know me as your host. Some of you know me as your friend because we're a small group, and a lot of the group is is people that I, I, I know personally or or right. know people that I know personally. You know, as you grow, um, the era is a place that if you like to collect, if you like community, if you like professional wrestling, you should join this group and one you should of, be a part of it. And one of Pat's favorite things to say when we put out a new members list, like people who just joined, is welcome home. Yes. Because we open the doors, and it's not just like, okay, uh, John Fernandez joined today. Thank you for joining. And then we forget about you altogether. We make sure that if you need something, if you're looking for something, if you want to sell something, if you're looking to trade something, or if you're just you know, looking for people to talk to because there are guys who just want like to get certain information like, well, what's this word? What's that word? What can I get for this? Or is this good that I paid this much? They're afraid to ask certain times I and we I go out of our way to, to tell them it's okay to ask because here's the thing. We're not just 2000 members. We're 2000 close friends because that's the funny thing. I talk to at least 100 members who aren't really members because they're my friends. I talk to them once a day, if not more. Mm -hmm. Josh Blevins, uh, uh, Matthew Gore, Petey, Pat, Dave Duncan, Alex Lancone, Mike Bedard, uh, Matt DaCosta, Tom, Tar Tom Tardiff, yourself, Nate, Dan Gleason, Clayton Garraway, 
Those are people I talk to on a daily basis, and not just about wrestling. It's a message of, hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, what, did you, what are you doing today? Hey, I heard you weren't feeling good yesterday. Are you okay? I went out with a back injury a few months back, and the outpour of messages from not just the admin, the other nine admin, but Nate, Dan, and a host of other people, you know, all of these other people. And again, I've only met in a few because we met at WrestleMania or at at an event or they live in New Jersey. The outpour of, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you getting the right help? Hey, I may have a doctor that you could talk to to fix your back. Or, hey, take this and use this kind of heating pattern. That was amazing because I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to say this, and I don't care if one of my friends that you know I'm actually in person with that I know listens to this podcast right now. I had friends and family who weren't checking on me that much. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had legitimate brothers who were like once a week, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, goodbye. And it was like, wow. And then I have 20 other people on a messenger going, are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you sleeping all right? What did you do here? What, you know, and it's amazing the outpour of connections that you make with man, woman, or child. Absolutely. Just like, just like we talked about when we started off this segment, Jamin, you know, I, right. How many people in the era do you think actually have met Jamin in person? Five. In all honesty, I think. It's, it's, and then it was over, over a thousand dollars. And I don't remember what exactly the total was. Uh, it was a thousand fifty six, I think, or something like that. Because I saw Pat post the, where he gave it to the GoFundMe, mm-hmm. but I mean, and I'm—I don't mean that as a put down to Jamin saying only five, but I'm—I'm I'm, Jamin might have met some of us at WrestleMania. I know he's met Petey in person. You know what I mean? And it's like, at the most, it could be ten or fifteen members between Era and Asylum. But these were people who have barely talked to him. Going, I'm going to help. I want to be here to help. I'm yes. answering the call. Let me do what I got to do and do this. And they were. Yeah, there were a few who only could buy one or two spots because, well, maybe life is hard right now. But, we well, understand and that. You know what? Kind- but, kindness doesn't have a price. Exactly. It's not about know? the price, right? You I, bought a spot just to say, "Here, I'm helping." You know and, what I mean? And, and I just, just for our listeners and those those of you that have that listen to the show, you may have noticed. I mean, I I just I posted Jamin's GoFundMe on my on my Facebook group, right? Just because, right. Well, you know it. it we are we are not just wrestling fans. We are not just figure collectors. Nope. We're human beings, and that's what this. That's what I'm trying to, to hit home here. Yeah, the you, fir- you, the first, you go the f- through life sometimes, um, and you think, you know, there's a saying: not no two snowflakes are alike. You say to yourself, "There's no other anybody out there who likes the same thing as I do." You know, I, I quote 80s movies on a daily basis, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I sit there and can watch cartoons, whether my granddaughter or one of my children that are younger that still watch cartoons are in the room. I'll put on a Bugs Bunny or a SpongeBob cartoon just for the hell of it to laugh, you know what I mean? Right. And then you find out through wrestling, of all things, that there are a hundred other people who love 80s movies and cartoons and Count Chocula and talking about, you know, the 90s and, you know, in the, in an age, and I'm going to say this, and I, I hope I don't offend anybody because I'm what I'm about to say. In an age where everybody gets offended by the slightest thing, yes, no one gets offended in the era. You know what I mean? And in that group, particularly, and I'm not saying we talk ugly or we say anything or we judge each other. No, but you've got 
it's a it's a it's a ratio of like a hundred and five men and then like two women. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or out of out of the two thousand members, there might be fifty women. But these women are not becoming offended by all these other men saying something stupid. You know what I mean? Right. Or making a joke about one of the female wrestlers, or because they know we're not doing it just to be brutish or ugly or stupid. It's just the way we are. You know, mm-hmm. no one gets offended and goes, "I'm triggered." You just offended me, and I'm suing you. No. And again, that's why it's that escape from reality. You could have a job like myself. Uh, I'm, I'm a financial advisor where something as simple as $5 not being put into their account fast enough or them not getting to buy the right stock at the right time or their you know, final will and testament not being filled out quick enough, even though they're only 30 and they're not going to die. You know or, what I mean? Or like in my case where they... W- or like in my case, where they want to return something they bought six years ago. Right. Without a receipt, it's open. <laughs> yeah. <know>? It's like, <laughs> no, you know, I am not like, going to return that VCR, sir. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, people get triggered and pissed off so easily nowadays, whether it be traffic, the way the weather is. Maybe their significant other told them off and said, hey, all you did today was, you know, sit in the couch, whatever. That's why era is that escape, because then you go on and you look at the board and someone posts a Marty Jannetty. Pat goes and says, I'm taking that. And then four other guys go, but I need that to finish my collection. <laughs> and then everybody starts cracking a joke. You know what I mean? It's it, it becomes or, a, or, again, Blev- or Blevins, Blevins with Hulk Hogan. Hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Josh Blevins loving Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> to the, you know, to the point that he rips every T-shirt he owns on every toe that he goes on, uh, you know. But I mean, with with a guy like Jamin, I met Jamin, I think two or three weeks after I joined the groups, and there wasn't even a wasn't it was like we didn't miss a step in the way that we we talked and got to know each other. It was like someone I knew all my life. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I find out he lives like 40 minutes away. And I'm like, wow, that's like too close. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> why are we not hanging out on a weekly basis? You know? Yeah. Well, and, and just as an example, I mean, and this is the, this is the power of not only the Facebook group, the era, but this podcast is Archie and I have never met in person. Right. In our life. We have chatted. We have, vo- we, we've never even talked voice wise in person. In our right. Life. This is the first time. Um, and, we we have chatted on fa- on Facebook number a number of times, um, yep. and you know what we uh, I, when when we sit when we sit down to start a segment I go okay, are Archie and I going to be able to do this for an extended period of time? I'm well, going to say a half an hour, and guess what? It's an hour and thirteen minutes. Right. And exactly. And we're talking like two old friends who haven't seen each other in a while. Yes, we're not that, talking that like is, two strangers. Who have never met, you yeah, know. Absolutely, that is the power of humanity. I well, mean, that's, that's, it goes. Uh, I'll go back to WrestleMania of this year that just passed, of uh, WrestleMania 35 last year, uh, or this year actually was in, in you know March. Um, I've met Petey a dozen times. You know, like I said, I bought my first couple of figures from him. I went to his house, and now Matthew Gore, Henry Sugars, and Pat Mancinetti are coming into town as well for WrestleMania, and they're staying at Petey. So I'm spending the entire WrestleMania weekend with these five guys. You know what I mean? And uh, then we find out the Costa and his brother are coming as well. And Christopher Trust is coming as well. And there's going to be a bunch of era members. So it becomes era live yeah. when we know we're going to be at <laughs> WrestleMania. So I go to Petey's house down on the shore. 
I meet Mad Gore and Henry Sugars for the first time. And we didn't, there wasn't like a, 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 there wasn't an uncomfortable silence where we ever looked at each other going, hey, I've never, I've never met, met you face to face. It was like we were all best friends because it's been a year or two since we got to know each other. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And we were cracking jokes. The next day, Pat gets into town. I walk through the door again to come into Petey's house. And Pat looks at me and goes, there he is, and gives me this big bear hug like we haven't seen each other in four years. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, then the, the Costa brothers walked in. We ordered a pizza. We drank a beer. We cracked up. You know what I mean? And it became a I'll, – I'll even go even more in depth. We were walking home from the bar the first night, me, Petey, Henry, and, and Matt. And Petey said it was a one-mile walk. It was three and a half miles. In the rain, a light drizzle. One mile. One mile. Why we walked home, I don't know, but that's fine. <laughs> and after having a couple beers at the bar and now walking home, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so we weren't walking on a street with like a 7-Eleven on it. We were walking on a residential street. Right. <laughs> Nothing but homes. And I guess the beer got to my head or whatever you want to say, Nate. But I, I looked at Henry and I went, Henry, block me. And I proceeded to pull my pants down and piss in the middle of the street <laughs> on a tree. And I I started giggling because all I heard Henry go was he turned around and went, guys, he's peeing. <laughs> and <laughs> Petey turns around and goes, nice dick, yo. And Matt starts pulling on the floor. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I finished up. I pulled my pants up. Petey's like, why did you have to pull your pants down? Why couldn't you just unzipper your pants? And I'm like, I'm wearing jogging pants. There is no zipper. <laughs> and, but it was like, wow, that was too comfortable. I, I, I don't do yeah, that in yeah. I've done it for 20 years. I just did this in front of these guys I just met. You know? <laughs> never, never pissed like that in front of my own brother. Right, exactly. I, I tell him to go away when I'm in the bathroom, when we're in a stall. And then we got to Mania, and Clayton Garraway showed up, and, and Christopher Trost, and a bunch of, we had 40 people. Uh, Scott Gayhart was doing a, a cooking a cookout, we brought pizza and booze, and, and it almost got to a point when, like, it was like 4.30, we had to go into Mania. We didn't want to go in. We wanted to sit outside and tailgate for the rest of the night. We didn't care about Mania anymore. No one said, oh, well, we gave 400 a ticket or 200 a ticket. Right. Like, yep. we want to stay here and crack it because none of us were sitting next to each other. So okay. it's not like we could hang out at, Ma at Mania. Okay, so that and, is, I, I, have to, I have to ask. And I, uh -huh. I am not at all trying to cut you off. No, go ahead. I have to ask um, because I haven't got to talk to anybody, honest right. to God, in my, okay. <sighs> all right. 10-year-old to 25-year-old me. I'm 41. 10-year-old right. to maybe 25 to 30-year-old me. The dream was always to go to WrestleMania. Okay? Okay. I want to... If WrestleMania comes close to me... Which right. The, the closest it ever came was 92, Indianapolis, and my mama went, wasn't paying for that shit. So anyway... I the, understand. The, my question to you is, nowadays... With mm -hmm. the big stadium WrestleManias. And right. this is something that my brother and I have discussed. Is it or is it not more of a pain in the ass to go to WrestleMania than it's worth? <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I mean, was it was it was it a was it just like, man, I should have well, just stayed home with these guys and watched it on pay per view. 
Well, see, here's the thing. I've been there two different occasions. I went to WrestleMania 29 and now WrestleMania 35. Okay, so you went to, you went to the, the MetLife. I would, yeah, they were both at MetLife Stadium. Yep. Um, and it was two different, uh, two different occasions that were totally different. The first time I went, um, my wife surprised me three days before Access and WrestleMania with Access tickets and WrestleMania tickets. Okay, that's awesome. And me and my oldest son, John, and her went to WrestleMania uh, and Access, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Got to meet JR, got to meet Diamond Dallas Page, of uh, uh, JBL, uh, um, Lita, Billy Gunn. It was amazing to be there at Access. I bet. The day I went to Mania, and... I started watching wrestling. I told this story in a post that you made uh, about what got me into wrestling. My granddad sat me down for WrestleMania six because before then it was like ill wrestling and I didn't, I couldn't stand it. And he made me watch WrestleMania six okay. warrior warrior. And it changed my life. I, I know that sounds corny to some people, but it really changed my life because I was sharing something with my granddad that I never had shared before. Uh-huh. Um, and and he and I watched Raw every night. We originally started watching Tuesday Night Titans together, and then Monday Night Raw came out. We started watching then Monday Night Nitro, and we'd watch both together. And I had a blast every Monday with my granddad. And then he passed away. And I stopped watching wrestling altogether, Nate. I couldn't look at the screen because I shared that with him. You know, it, yeah. it, it's like it, it really hurt me to have to watch this alone now. It's a memory thing. And, and, and I will, I will, and it's going to sound stupid. Um, it might not. No, no. I, I, I feel does. the same thing about anything have, having to do with the Titanic. Okay. Because my grandfather was, like, obsessed with the Titanic. Okay. Okay. So a history and, buff and someone yes. who really admired the Titanic and, and, and watching everything about it. I understand. So, so anytime I see something about the Titanic, as silly as it sounds, I get choked up, you know, because right. that's, that's, yes. that's Grandpa. Funny story about him, though. When that movie came out, uh-huh. they they made all those, um, um, they made all those, I mean, when that movie came out, they made a fuck ton of documentaries about that. Yes, yes. And I remember uh, my grandpa, my dad, and I were sitting on the couch, vivid memory, and my dad's scrolling through the, you know, the old school cable uh-huh. listings and he goes hey dad there's a a documentary on the titanic on a and e do you want to watch it and my grandpa says to my dad and i quote i can't if i watch one more documentary about that i'm going to know the name of every son of a bitch on that boat right exactly <laughs> exactly but anyway anyway yes no so i stopped watching my son got into it and i would just let him watch i would like hear it in the background on his noise he comes to me, he's like nine and a half, ten years old, and he's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, what? He's like, Shawn Michaels is fighting Ric Flair on at WrestleMania 25. Can we rent it? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, we got, it's, it, I got to see this match, Dad. It's Ric Flair's last match. And I'm a Ric Flair fan, and I'm a Shawn Michaels fan. And I said, yeah, we could watch, because I felt like it was my granddad telling me it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Share this with your son the way I shared it with you. What a way to get back in. Right. And I got sucked. I watched that match and I got sucked back in. The rest of the pay-per-view was okay, but that match was everything it needed to be. It was Flair. It was Michaels. Two goats going one-on-one. 
And then now here comes WrestleMania 29. My wife gets me the tickets as a surprise. I go, and as I walk to the gate of the entrance for MetLife Stadium, it was like a life-defining moment in my fandom because I said I went from WrestleMania 6 being introduced to WrestleMania 25 to refinding my spark and my love to now being at 29 in person. Everything it Damn. needed to be. Damn. And it was a great show. I mean, I got to see CM Punk versus The Undertaker. I got to see Brock Lesnar versus Triple H. The Shield was still new and interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Everything was great about it, that, except that, for Cena winning. That, uh, but, well, uh, that, but that year, it's funny, because I, I, obviously I didn't go to that mania. But um, that it's funny that you brought up that year, because that year holds a special place for me, too. Backstory, okay. some people listen to the show may or may not know, but... Um, new listeners that are listening, um, my wife is not, when we got together, she didn't know anything about wrestling and she is not by any means a wrestling fan. She, she, she's one of those people that she tolerates my fandom. Uh, Mm -hmm. when I watch anything wrestling on TV, she just, you know, is on her phone. If something piques her interest, she looks at it. Well, right. She'll ask you who's dad, what did they do? And that's about it. Yes. Yes. And one of she is a fan of the Brothers of Destruction. She is a fan okay. of Undertaker and Kane. And mm-hmm. you talked about 29, you talked about Punk and Undertaker. And right. it holds a special place in my heart, too, not because of the mania per se, but there was a Raw a few weeks before that mania that was in Indianapolis. And it was, right. it was it, we, we bought tickets. She actually bought me the tickets as a gift. Okay. And... You know, hey babe, we're gonna go to Indianapolis and watch Raw. Well, it just so happened that the the, the weekend before that Raw, Paul Bearer passed away. You saw the main, the rest the Raw where he put the ashes on his body, didn't you? Yes, I was there. Oh my God, and, and, babe! And, and the the most amazing thing about that to me, and this is again, it's a personal connection with wrestling. Wrestling fans, we right. are. My wife got to go, we got to, we wound up, and you know, it's it's sad that Paul Bear passed away. Yes. But but in the grand scheme of things, we got to go to a, she, the first Raw she got to go to was, was a Raw by that, that, was, that was heavily Undertaker Kane. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that is, that is a special place in my heart, you know. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Everything about that, the buildup to that match was amazing. Perfect. Um, you know, it, they couldn't have, been, uh, the only thing that might've made it better was if punk would have won because at least it would have, because Lesnar didn't need to beat the streak. Right. It should have been Bray Wyatt or punk to beat the streak in I, my opinion, because those two were the ones that needed that rub to I, go forward. I agree. Like the only three guys that, that ever, that ever had that to me was punk Wyatt. It's funny that you said that cause we agree on that. And then right. going back the only other time in the history of the streak that I was like, yeah, this is the guy to end it with was Orton. Uh, yeah, because he had the legend killer uh, yeah, and, character. And, and obviously you're building your future around him. Right. You know, and, and but yeah, I agree with you. And then the other, the only other guy, and he never faced, I was talking about people that Undertaker faced, but right. at Mania, but the only other guy that I thought would it would have benefited, and we're getting off topic, which we do on this show. No, but it's okay. I, I always thought at the time... I think that if you would have given the streak 
and, and you can disagree, <laughs> but yeah. I honest to God think with his charisma, with the heel he, he had, and with the potential he had, I think that today, if you would have given the streak to Wade Barrett, he well, would, again, he, would, he, would, he had he, something behind him. Yes. You know. Yeah. They, they killed Wade Barrett when they fed him to Cena. You know what I mean? So there was no really fix. That might have been the only thing that could have fixed him after that, is if right. he would have beaten The Undertaker. And then he would have gotten the right heel heat, and people would have booed him for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I know. I, I agree with you. Orton was a good choice. Edge could have been a decent choice, too, because at the time when him and Edge were feuding, it was leading into WrestleMania, but they really didn't let them go the way they should have, you know. But here's the thing. If you were not going to give, going to allow a guy like Triple H or Shawn Michaels, who has roots in this business and busted their ass for this business, or a guy like Ric Flair or even Hulk Hogan to beat the streak, why are you feeding him rookies who or, or guys who have only been in the WWE for four or five years and letting him destroy them? Because right. all you're doing is taking away their their luster yeah, and their shine. You're killing off your future. You know, yeah. you know, and that's I think that was a reason Punk left, and why it had to change his character well, in so many ways. Because you killed me. So what am I going to do? That's one of the things that even though I'm not, I would not consider myself a WWE hater. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the things that I think is a content, a point of contention for me in right. how they how they got themselves to where they are now is they They, they painted themselves in a corner. Exactly. They didn't, they didn't use a guy like undertaker or like triple H, you know, I mean, uh, okay. Yeah. You can say triple H at the end kind of sort of put over Seth Rollins, but he really didn't No, you know, I mean, they didn't do what previous generations did. No one passed the torch. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You know. It's, you know. We're still the fact that that that. Let's just say ten years ago, WrestleMania twenty six. You know. Right. The 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 fact that today, when it comes to WrestleMania, the guys that are that are the main event the rest of the year are in the mid card at WrestleMania. Right. And then you bring back a guy like Brock Lesnar or uh, uh, The Rock, which I love The Rock. I'm yeah, not Oh yeah, yeah, the that's Rock, not that's but, not at all hating on the stars but you're, of the past. You bring them back to make it a spectacle. That's great, but they don't have to be the main event. Brock Lesnar proved that this past year at WrestleMania 35 when him and Seth Rollins went on first. Yes. You know, I don't have to be the main event. If I'm going to lose, and I'm losing to Seth Rollins and passing the torch and giving him the title, then let me go on first. We'll have a 10-minute match, and it'll be over. And then I can go home. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't yeah. got to be there all night after yes. that. You know? but, but then what do they do over the past, what, WrestleMania was in April, so over the past right. seven months, they fucked that all up. And they put it, it's, it's now Lesnar, which, yeah. okay, the he needed the title, but Lesnar has the main title that he took, that Seth Rollins took off of him. Right, yes, it's you not know? the same title, but it's the same position. Right, it's the same position, yeah. you put him as the top, and then who is he feuding with? Rey Mysterio. What? <laughs> yeah, where, you know? where, how did we wind up there? And I'm not hating on Rey, I like Rey, but I think... I don't, I think, I don't hate Rey Mysterio, I, I, I just wanted, think that the character has become bland. Yeah, it's stale, and I, I wanted, when Rey came back... And I knew that, that that something was going on with Dominic. By now, right. I wanted Dominic to turn on Ray. 
I mean, if, yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm a betting man, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. Revisit you know? the Eddie Guerrero storyline. Have Dominic say you're not my father and, and attack Rey yes, Mysterio. And 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 that, that for me personally, that goes back to honestly one of my and, and folks. Can, you can go back in the archives as as uh, what. Uh, uh, Conrad Thompson would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> "You could go back right. in the archives of the We Can't Wrestle podcast and listen." One of my favorite feuds ever, and one of my favorite matches ever, is that ladder match with Eddie and well, Eddie I mean, and, the, and the, Ray. the symbolicness of it made kind of no sense because you're putting a child on a pole, basically. But yes, yes it's, it's the, no... the lead up, the storyline. Yeah, it had a crazy slow burn and, that everybody went and, wow. And regardless of what was at the top of that ladder, that match was fucking crazy good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Everything but, about that match made sense. Even Vicky Guerrero coming out and and messing with the match, you know, and doing what she did. Yes. You know. But then again, they unraveled that later on because after Ray passed, oh, after Eddie passed, Ray went on to have success. And what did they do? They have Vicky and Chavo turn on him. So then, why did Vicky help Eddie and yeah, help yeah. Ray in the beginning anyway? Yeah, and, that, and that goes to show you that the that was kind of the that was the era to me where the worm turned. You know, yeah. and. And again, I am not a WWE hater. People listen to this show; no, they know. I, 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 WWE. My biggest problem. It's, it's funny because when I was when I was younger, I I, I loved the week to week television, mm-hmm. and then the pay per view was okay. Cool, it's the pay per view. Right. And, and nowadays, the week to week television for WWE. Honest sense. to God, yes, I could miss it. I could not miss it. But then I watched the pay per view, and they put on amazing wrestling shows. You know, but from... here, see, this is where I'll contradict you a bit, though, or I'll tell you that you're wrong. Okay, you <laughs> me, you give me Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I watched it one week. I missed it one week. I watched it the next week. I missed it the next week. I go now and I watch the pay per view, and you fill. 40% of the pay-per-view with matches that were just on Raw and SmackDown. Now, I understand you you have to give me storyline. Yes, that's what I want is storyline. But if I've seen Rusev versus Bobby Lashley four times before No, no Way Out, I don't want to see them again at No Way Out now. Right, you make yes. me totally and utterly bored of that feud. What it should be. See, they're saying they're going to book Rusev versus Bobby Lashley in a match at Survivor Series. That's the what they're saying right now. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. Let's... Forget about the NXT storyline for a minute and put them in a match. Wouldn't it have been wiser, though, to give Bobby Lashley four partners and give Rusev four partners and let them fight in a, in a Survivor Series elimination match and then go to the next pay-per-view and give us their give first a, actual yes, one-on-one give a, give counter? Give a grudge match, yes. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that that assessment. I think that, that you can... And a lot of people are hating on the Lashley Rusev thing. Whatever they talk about, you know, it's Vince's obsession with cuckolding or what have you. Yeah. But I think that that feud—if you listen to the fan reactions to that feud, right in the it's, arena, it's getting good. <laughs> yes, and that could be—I mean, fuck—that could be a main event. You could put that over a title match at this point, and it's probably well, yeah. I mean, it's it's just as good as like let's say old-fashioned Hogan versus Macho because of Liz. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Which is one of my great, one of my favorite rivalries in the history of wrestling. You know, you know I asked a question a couple of weeks back, and I, the question was on on the era on on the board was, when did we as wrestling fans start caring about ratings? Because yeah. it's like everybody's like, well, they only scored eight hundred thousand fans. Why do we care if we enjoyed the show? What does it matter how many other people watched it? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. If if I want to go watch. 
the Queen movie that came out last year, and I, I like Freddie Mercury. I don't care if I'm in the theater all alone. I'm going to see that movie. You know what I mean? It yes. doesn't matter. But in the same regard, when did we as wrestling fans care what the storylines were really about? I mean, no one said when Hogan and Macho Man was going at it about Elizabeth that it was because Hogan and Liz were having sex and it was a cuckold fantasy. Nobody even knew what that word meant back in, you know, the early 90s and late 80s. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's like why is that all of a sudden what the storyline's about? No, the storyline's about Bobby Lashley stealing Rusev's wife. Right. Yes. It doesn't mean Rusev wants to see them have sex. It doesn't mean that there's some hidden undertone there. And it's you like know. if you've ever watched any sh one of my favorite, not necessarily one of my favorite wrestlers, okay, but one of my mm -hmm. favorite minds in wrestling to watch him do a shoot interview or watch him talk about wrestling is Scott Levy Raven. Without a doubt. And, and Raven says, there are really only seven storylines in professional right. wrestling. Right. You know? and, and those are the things that, the, 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 thing, the same thing with wrestling, the same thing with uh, a TV show, Breaking Bad or right. Walking Dead or what have you is, exactly. I want to tug at your heartstrings. I want to get into your psyche and say, you know, what if your wife was making out right. with this guy on television. Right. You know, I mean, you, you can see if they would if they would do this the right way, I mean, Bobby Lashley could be pelted with soda cups like Hulk Hogan was when he turned heel. Uh, without a doubt. You know? you know what I mean? Uh, how many or forget and forget about men who are mad because he stole Rusev's wife. How about the fact that men who fantasize about Lana being upset that Lashley's the one that got her? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> It doesn't just have to be about Rusev. You could leave Rusev out of the picture. If Rusev didn't return and Lashley walked out on the stage with Lana, people would still be booing him. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's 20 different ways to go in that storyline that they could be going right now. But yet everybody's turning it into, oh, well, it's because Rusev wants to see Lana have sex with Lana. No, Rusev <laughs> does not want to see that. That's the whole point. It's the reverse of that. He does not right. want to see that. You know, I mean, and it's not like she's telling it. See, if if you were to... If they, for some reason, started in a room with Rusev being tied to a chair and she was on top of Lashley and making out with him, then I would say, okay, that's what it's definitely a cuckold fantasy because that's basically the way these things start. Right. She's nowhere near Rusev. They they got the closest they got was last Monday on Raw when they did that whole divorce court thing with Jerry Lawler, and even then, that was the worst part of it for me. Her acting sucked. When she yeah. said Rusev cheated on me, I'm like, what, really? We're going in that direction now? The first thing I noticed in that segment, the, and the thing that, it, most of it I did not dislike. But the, right. thing I did, the thing I disliked about that segment, I don't know if you noticed it or not. Um, a couple other people I talked to didn't until they went okay. back and watched it was, did you notice that during that segment she lost a lot of her accent? Well, she always does. No, she's been and, losing it since she started on Total Divas. Right. She has not had that Russian accent for almost a year now. And it, it just, only, to me, it just takes that. It really that, does. Yeah, if it you, takes something away from it. You know, it, it you takes started away her, from her as he was meant to be Ivan Drago, and she was meant to be, you know, the the wife of Ivan Drago in the Rocky movie. Yes, which she looked apart immensely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He didn't because he wasn't this, you know, seven foot blonde Viking. But but he oh, was still he, awesome. You know, I mean, still a monster. Okay, great. 
now that you've taken away her accent, you made her this ditzy blonde, which the, what, with the way she's acting on television, she is a ditzy blonde. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know uh, she has no wrestling ability. I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'll be a hater here. She really can't wrestle. And now that you've taken away the Russian accent, she really doesn't have the same appeal she once did. So as pretty as she is, when she opens her mouth, it's not all that pretty anymore. Yes. You know? Yes. I'd rather see Mandy Rose do a promo than I would her. And Mandy Rose cuts a great promo. But my point is she can't cut a promo to save her life without that Russian accent. Mm -hmm. And the only time it comes out is when she says the name Rusev. Yes. Uh, Rusev. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only time she keeps the Russian accent. And, and it just, the whole, it was like the segment, just, he wanted to have sex with me and he wanted to put a baby in me. Well, I'm sorry, you've been married to him now for two years and that's usually what husbands want yeah, out of their wives. That's kind of what marriage is about. <laughs> You know, not that's your only gripe here. How about see if she would have? They could even have turned it into him verbally abusing her, or even he hit her at one point. You know what I mean? They could have yes. went that route. Yeah, because that at one point, silly. at one point, he was a heel, so you could right. you could go back you know, to that. Yeah. You no, know, Rusev smacked me. Whatever, and it would have been ugly. It would have been a bad storyline to bring out abuse. But then maybe we would have fluctuated towards liking Bobby Lashley because he was defending her. You know what I mean, or something to that effect. But you've given us, all you've really given us is, okay, he sold his wife. Rusev looks great in all of this, and he's actually putting on great matches. Mm -hmm. But then you put them both on Team Hogan, which that match made no sense, but okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at Crown Jewel, so it really didn't count. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but then your your next move is to put them in a match at Survivor Series. And I understand, put them at the, one of the biggest stages. But again, I think if they would have been a part of a Survivor Series match with both of them being captains. Yeah, and, and to that to that to that point, I mean to be honest, since probably two thousand six or two thousand seven, uh, I don't even honest to God, I don't even when I watch Survivor Series, I don't even look at it as one of the big you know No, I don't, it's not. It's, it's fallen behind. Yeah, it really and, has and, because they took away this they, there's one Survivor series or two Survivor series matches a year where they're it's the actual five on five match, you know, and all they're really going for is as many title matches as they possibly can well, not, after that. Not to mention, usually the Survivor Series, one of the Survivor Series matches is brand versus brand, and that's another problem is that they've clouded the brands so much that brand versus brand doesn't mean shit anymore. Exactly. And what are they fighting for? Now, see, now that they've involved NXT, it does make it yes. better. And that SmackDown was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> for, I for, still have yet to see a rating on it, and I'm busting to see what with, the ratings were with, for that SmackDown. With the with the with the circumstances surrounding it, um, it's 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 one of those things where you know, with the circumstances surrounding this, you expect it's going to be a shit show, and it turns out to be a fantastic well, show. Okay, I went to a Monday Night Raw, well, quite a few years back. It was at least eight or nine years ago, and all the superstars were in Switzerland. And a volcano erupted in Switzerland. So they couldn't fly out of Switzerland and they left. Like, I want to say 60% of the roster was still in, in there. Okay. And, and it ended up being a Raw slash SmackDown event. And the only guys that were there from Raw were Triple H, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, and CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was a SmackDown star. But I got to see Bret Hart, who appeared out of the clear blue sky, I got to see The Undertaker, who shouldn't have been there because it was a Raw. You know, the main event was CM Punk and Luke Gallows versus Triple H and Rey Mysterio, which was great. 
it made it you know you, you filled in the gaps because the main roster of Raw wasn't there, so you brought the main roster of SmackDown plus a couple of hidden gems. You did this now with what happened with Saudi Arabia, and everyone kind of looked around and went, "Okay, well, all of Raw and SmackDown is in Saudi Arabia. What are we gonna do?" There's, yeah, <laughs> there's only a few guys here, like guys that didn't want to go, like Sami Zayn and Dan O'Brien, who won't take the blood money from the Saudi prince, which is great. I commend them on doing that. Thank Absolutely. you for not going. Yes. You know, and then, you know, everyone's shaking like, oh, God, what's going to happen? But then here comes NXT, which is fantastic. NXT every Wednesday has been phenomenal. It's, no matter what the ratings say, it's been unbelievable every week. It's going to be that, – that'll be my last question. But go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. Uh, you get NXT there, and they excel by far. It's not just Adam Cole. It's not just Shayna Baszler. You got Matt Riddle and and Keith Lee, who are the mid carders, doing things that are amazing. Mm-hmm. And you've got guys like Roderick Strong and and Leo Rush, and and it's like wow, the it, it's almost like NXT is the redheaded stepchild. But then they walk out on stage tap dancing and singing, and you go, why Why did we hate them? Or why don't we give <laughs> yes, them enough time? Exactly. Or why haven't they been in the spotlight already? And you that, know? That, that segues to my, actually the last question I had on my list here is I, <coughs> I wanted okay. to discuss the, okay, the, the past six months of a, a, I would say for us wrestling fans, I don't know if it's for the general public yet. But for right. us wrestling, us hardcore wrestling fans that are going to watch no matter what the fuck. Right. This new wrestling boom. Mm-hmm. I have to say, for me personally. And, I love it. And I, I do too. I absolutely love it. And I am not in any way, and I've said this on the show before, at this point being, what, five weeks into their TV show, I am mm-hmm. not in any way hating on AEW. They not do They bit. do what they do. <laughs> But I have to say, to personally, my favorite programs right now are, as you alluded to, NXT, and I love the NWA Power Show. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I don't. I choose. I choose not to be negative a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, so what I choose to do is I choose to to post on Facebook groups and et cetera. NXT was great this week. Power was great this week. I choose to not even, right. I don't want to attack AEW because no. I, I think that, that if that's what some people like, that is awesome. And I don't think the show has by well, any means been bad. It's not necessarily my no, cup of tea so far. You know, the only reason they lost ratings was because they went up against the World Series in the playoffs those couple of weeks that they were on. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think they'll rebound this week and, with and, the million viewers they were getting. And I personally, oh. I personally have my issues with the show. I don't talk about them. I, okay, I say this. I do. I do talk about them on my own podcast. Right. You know, of course. It's, it's my it's, forum. This is your stage. You can do what you but, want on it. But, right. But I, I'm not going to go on to say somebody who posts about AE, like an AEW on the era. Right. I, I, I'm not a fan of people that shit on other people's likes. No, because you we know? all have our opinions, and anybody is entitled to their opinion. Yes. But I don't need to. I don't need to force mine down your throat exactly. just to get you to agree exactly. with me. You my, know what my, I mean? my biggest problem with AEW. Honestly, mm-hmm. and 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 you can you can disagree. You can whatever. whatever. I think that, and it's sil- It sounds silly from a wrestling fan because it's about wrestling and it's about what happens between the ropes. Right. But I think that that I don't know why every match on the show has to be so long. 
And, I understand. If that makes sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've had that gripe with a couple of uh, the last couple of weeks with you know, Raw you, as you, well. Yes, you. you oh yeah, definitely. With the Raw three-hour format, there are times where I'm like, God, this. I love wrestling, but this match is so long, right. and it doesn't they need to be. Take three commercial breaks during the Natalia and Charlotte versus, which I love Natalia and Charlotte and the Kabuki Warriors, but they gave them 28 minutes. Yeah. And that's a match that could have been given 15, and then they could have given Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole 28 minutes. They only gave them 15. Right. You know or, what I mean? Or give, give someone... Okay, example. Give me... Okay, give me a 15-minute women's tag match. Right. And then, as a viewer that is not... Again, I, I always like to stress, not a hardcore fan like you or I that knows the history of these guys... But instead, right. instead of a 28-minute women's match, give me a 15-minute women's match, and then give me a five-minute segment telling me why the Viking Raiders are so good. Right. It doesn't give have that to be... that backstage promo yes. or vignette that shows me a little bit of their past in Ring of Honor in Japan. Yeah, and that, that's... Instead that, of putting that, them against the Polo Boys, which, okay, those two guys were... <laughs> I actually know Bobby Wayward... And Nikos Ricos. I've met them because they wrestle at a, in a promotion in Rollway. Okay. And I've met them, and they're both great guys. But it's like, I don't know. As a casual fan, I don't know them. Right. I don't know where they come from. And they're in a bad gimmick. And they're being fed to the Viking Raiders because they're the tag team champions. Mm -hmm. um, that used to work in, like, 1992 on, on Saturday, Saturday Morning Superstars. Right, the, yes. Everybody did a champion. The Natural Disasters beat countless jobbers on Saturday morning. <laughs> but for Monday Night Raw, I expect the Viking Raiders to be going against somebody like Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Exactly. And, and or the that, club, and you that, know. That's the thing that I was getting to about the storytelling, too. Like, okay, back in the day, it was... For, for the four Monday Night Raws leading up to the pay-per-view, you give me... Right. 8 to 12 minute matches and you tell me the story leading to the pay-per-view and the pay-per-view is where I get the 28 minute match. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm going to have a match because sometimes they let, you know, they they'll let a guy, two guys go and it's, yeah. a, you know, the, the lead up to the, the, the beauty and, and magicalness, if that's a word, um, <laughs> that goes Majeski with Bret Hart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The beauty that goes with Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12 was there was two months worth of build. And those two guys would cut a promo, just one of them, and then they'd go face to face. Then we'd get a vignette the next week showing us Shawn yes. Michaels and training. They, they had not they, dream. They did not make physical contact with each other right. since 1992, and this is 1996. Right. You so know. now you're giving me this one hour Iron Man match that. They killed themselves in. And okay, people could say the the fluky ending of how they had to have an overtime and Brett should have won the title. I, I disagree with that because I, how do you end an Iron Man match in a draw? But okay, whatever. Yeah. But the beauty of that match was how much build they had. But now you're going to give me the Viking Raiders versus Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the Undisputed Era, and the Revival. Okay, that's wonderful. That's going to happen at Survivor Series. But you're not going to tell me any of the history that those three teams have. Two of those teams battled in Japan and Ring of Honor, mm -hmm. the Viking Raiders and Undisputed. Two of those teams have, all three of those teams have been NXT Tag Team Champions. And the Viking Raiders have been undefeated ever since going to NXT. So that should be your build. 
but that's not going to be the build. It's going to all the build's going to be is how the Viking Raiders destroy these jobbers. How Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Fish are one of the best tag teams in the world. The Revival hate people who do flips. And then yeah. we'll get to the pay-per-view. And it's quite possible the Viking Raiders might run over these other four guys. Yes. And it is it you're that's the that's that's one of the big problems with modern WWE is it's and and that's why I almost I, I don't but I do. I almost resent NXT's involvement in Survivor Series. And, and well, I, I only say that because WWE has become so much about WWE instead of right. that star. They become about the brand instead of the star. And and I don't well, I don't want the NXT brand to fall into that with Raw and SmackDown. Well, see, I don't want them to fall into that, into that putty, you know. They're pushing Triple H as the figurehead, which I love because mm-hmm. he really does do great things with NXT. Oh, absolutely. Um, they, Raw doesn't have a figurehead on screen because they're not going to admit that Paul Heyman is the guy writing Raw. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to admit that now Bruce Prichard is the guy writing SmackDown, even though it should have been Eric Bischoff, but then he got fired. Okay, whatever. They're never going to let like Triple H go face-to-face with those two guys in the ring and go, my team's better than yours. So with Triple H as the figurehead, it, it adds a lot of questions because how many guys on the main roster right now came from NXT that are pissed off with their uh, current roster spot and may help NXT win Survivor Series. Yes. That's that's what I'm looking forward yes, to. And I, 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 I really, honestly, the minute that I... I'm going to be honest, and, and I, I don't watch the Crown Jewel events out of principle. Well, I fast-forward, um, Drew, just to see what's going on. I watched I, the Fiend versus Seth so, Rollins match so, in its entirety, but, you know. So, so much so that... Uh, Shawn Michaels is my second favorite wrestler of all time. Okay. And when he made his return match at Crown Jewel, I have not yet seen it. Uh, you're not missing anything. Uh, <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> you're not missing much. You're missing four gentlemen who should not have been in the ring with each other. That's when, all you're missing. When I read that Raw, or that Fiend, which I love the Fiend. I, I've been a Bray Wyatt fan since... Best before. thing on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, ab- you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And a totally mistreated character, so I'm glad that it's finally getting the right. treatment it deserves. Just Bray Wyatt in general. But right. when I read that he beat Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel, the first thought that came to my mind is, damn, I hope Seth Rollins turns on WWE and goes back to NXT. Right. Um, right. You know, to have to have Rollins back in NXT, and if you if you could take Rollins and throw him back into NXT... And then, you know, you have Balor back in NXT. Right. And, and then you add in Champia and Gargano and Cole. Yeah. Lee, uh, Riddle, uh, even the young up-and-comer guys like D- Damian Priest and D- D- Dominic Dijakovic, which yeah. is really supposed to be Dijak and wrote Ring of Honor. They have to complicate it in the WWE. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, well, they got to make it marketable so they can keep him, you know, copyrighted. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have a stacked deck like that, Look, NXT's pay-per-views are always better than any Raw or SmackDown pay-per-view. I don't care what anybody says. NXT puts on the best shows in wrestling. Without a doubt. I watched TakeOver before WrestleMania, and Mm -hmm. it was actually a little better than WrestleMania. Yes. I'm going to be honest. 
And uh, that was a two-hour show versus the seven-hour spectacle. That's what I was about to say. I didn't have to pack a lunch either. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But going back to the the question that you asked me um, about this boom in wrestling again, I'm very happy with it. My brain isn't because I'm watching six days worth of wrestling yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and really, it's more because I also watch MLW and AEW Dark, and, and then a bunch of other stuff on YouTube. Yeah, so it just, I was gonna say I watch I watch a bunch of retro stuff on WWE yeah. Network too. So my yeah. wife's like, my wife sometimes is like, "Fuck, can we get wrestling off the TV for Christ's right. sake?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I watch a majority of it on my phone or on my my computer, mm-hmm. so TVs are kind of for everybody else, unless it's Raw or SmackDown or NXT. But I love NXT and I absolutely love NWA Power because it is a throwback to old wrestling. I mean, they don't even have entrance music. Yeah, oh, it yeah. just walk through the curtain, say their name, and let them destroy whoever they're going to fight. Or have it be a real great match because Nick Aldis is a great champion. And I'm going to be honest, Arch. You know, I'm going to be honest. The past since, since I'll just say since AEW launched. Let's just say that mm-hmm. since AEW launched, every single week NWA Power is the only show that I watch without fast forwarding through anything. Exactly. Without and it's only an hour. Yes. One hour they pack in like six or seven matches five or six decent promos and then a sit down interview too. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Why can't raw do that in two? Yeah. It's over. Damn. It's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the show I want to be two <laughs> hours long because it's just, with NXT. It's just, you get six great matches in NXT. You get a great backstage interview. You get a couple of promos and you get a story that carries over to the next week. Yes. So NXT being two hours is perfect. NWA, Power, I want more. If even if it was an hour and twenty minutes, I'd be happy. Yeah. AEW, I think could get. I watch AEW Dark, and I think they do great for the hour that they have. I think they jumped feet first into the ocean, and went shit mm-hmm. with two hours because they didn't need two hours to start off with. Nitro was not two hours when it first started, and neither was Raw. It was right. one hour every week, and you were busting for more. Yeah, if you and if, then, if you would give me, uh, I, and I might be mixing up two episodes, but I'm just using this as an example. If right. You, if you would give me the um, AEW as an example, if you would just mm-hmm. give me the, you know, a an opening match with two right. two of your 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 younger talent, then right. give give me that amazing, the best thing AEW has ever done so far. And again, they're young promotion folks, but the best thing they've done so far is that concession stand brawl. Right. That was that was amazing. And then give right. me that tag team championship main event. Right. That's a show. Exactly. That's a show for and me. I am you good. Win a, a six or seven minute women's match and a six or seven minute other match of two guys that we know. Give me a familiar face. You know what I mean? Give me a a, a Jack Jack Swagger or whatever name mm-hmm. is Jake Hagar versus a Dustin Rhodes. I'd be happy. Yeah, couple, I wouldn't couple, complain. Couple promos, know? couple promos, couple right. angles. Show it, me what's going to come up at the pay per view. Make a pay per view match on the show, you know, so I know what I got to look forward to now. Yes, and I'm hooked. And and I'm but, I, again, I'm not hating on AEW. I am. No, I am. I, am I like I like what they're doing, but it's just two. It's two hours of 
when I get to hour two, I'm like, wait, this is there's more. Yes. And it's, the next hour doesn't make sense till I get to the main event. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely getting the pay per view Saturday. Yeah. And I, I'm definitely giving them a chance. I just I find that that what I watch every week. NXT and NWA are what's sticking out to me right now. Without a doubt. And I don't know if you do, but MLW. Oh, yeah. Uh, MLW, MLW is great, too. I've watched them since the beginning, since Shane Strickland. And, yep. And, yeah, that's a great promotion, too. I don't, uh, I don't mean I'll to be honest with them you. Out. They have a guy as their world champion right now who's a, the Samoan, uh, uh, Jonathan Fatu, I think. Jacob Fatu. Jacob, Jacob Fatu, yes. And I want him in WWE so bad. Because he reminds me of Umaga and uh-huh. and those big the wild Samoans, his probably his grandfather and his uncle, you know, because they're all related. But I know WWE would screw him over. Yeah. So I'm happy he's where he is. Yeah, I, I, I mean? actually I actually told my I actually told my brother um, the the uh, not the first time I saw Jacob, but when they did the um, when they did the big cage match beatdown. War Games. And yes. Well, it's called something else now, but yeah, War um, Games, yeah. I, I told my brother, I said, I would love to see Jacob Fatu come to WWE and have a program with a babyface Samoa Joe. Right. I think that, I think those two guys together could tear or, up. You know, you don't, you don't, you've never seen really a, a Samoan-Samoan feud no, because the feud with Roman Reigns kept getting powder caked because yeah. one of them would get injured or thrown out. You yeah. know, something bad yeah. would happen. It just it know? didn't it didn't work. You know, you know, you, you look you you look at all. Look, there's three Samoans right now in the WWE that are related: Roman Reigns and the Usos. Mm-hmm. Bring Jacob in as their muscle, which I know Roman Reigns doesn't need muscle, but he could be the figurehead. You know, if they turn Roman Reigns heel. With the Usos, and you bring Jacob in as their baby cousin, and he's the the Umaga, the bulldozer, the guy that goes through, and they target a Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. and then they target a Seth Rollins, and then they target a Daniel uh, Bryan, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan, and now they're this, you know, you want to call them the bloodline like you were, go for it, I have no problem with that. Call them the Samoan dynasty and give them Paul Heyman as their damn mouthpiece. They yeah. don't even need to talk. <laughs> It would make so much sense, and everybody would go, wow. You know, they take notice, you know. Uh-huh. Look at what the Undisputed Era just did on Raw and SmackDown. All they did was walk up and stand on the apron, and everybody went, oh, my God, they're here. Yes, yes, you know? and that's all it takes. You know, that's- so it, it would just, it, you, they don't, but I know what they would do out of Jacob Fatu. They'd bring him in as a as Umaga's son or whatever, They'd let him be a bulldozer for two or three months, and then he'd end up losing to someone like Leo Rush, who I'm not knocking Leo Rush. He's a great talent, but he'd lose to Leo Rush in a fluky manner, mm-hmm. and then he'd be a laughingstock. Yeah, or uh, even more, even more plausible. The, you said Leo Rush, but the, when you said he would lose to, my brain went ricochet. Right. You know, and and I'm, that's yeah, not a that's, great that's, talent is Ricochet. That, yeah, that's not a that's not a knock on on Ricochet at all, but that's a knock on the like you said the way WWE would book it. Right. You have this monster and this this talent that has so much potential and you're just going to for the right. sake of a laugh on a on right. a, and it wouldn't even be on a fucking pay-per-view. It'd be on a, like a random it, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. And <laughs> and you know, you, they almost killed the Fiend character at Hell in a Cell. Because you had an unstoppable monster, a boogeyman, like Kane and The Undertaker used to be. Mm-hmm. And you stopped the match because Seth Rollins hit a ladder with a sledgehammer. 
and because he stayed unconscious for 30 seconds, the referee called off the match. But then a minute and a half later, he stood up and beat the crap out of Seth Rollins. Why wasn't the match restarted then? Yes. Why wasn't he allowed to be the monster that he was? They, you know, Seth Rollins made a joke on Twitter afterwards and said, well, maybe uh, uh, Mick Foley and The Undertaker could have used them to stop their match after what happened to Mick Foley all those years ago. No, because Mick Foley wouldn't allow them to stop that match. And The Undertaker definitely wouldn't have let that happen back in the day because you're screwing with my character now. Yeah, and that, that's exactly... I, I saw the same tweet you saw, and the thing I thought when I saw it was, that's why... The Undertaker and Mick Foley drew, and you don't, right. Seth. Right. And I'm not hating Seth Rollins. I think nope. Seth Rollins is a great wrestler. But yeah, but he's being buried by the, the amount of face time and, he's getting. And, and his his the problem I have with that is, with that tweet in particular, is in their day, in that day and age, the draw was Mankind versus The Undertaker. They were the final match, right? And today the draw is WWE featuring Seth Rollins, right? Exactly, and, and, or and, Roman Reigns or whoever yes, they're going to make yes. their it's face. Like, don't get big, don't get too big for your britches, son. <laughs> and again, I like Seth. I've liked him since he was an ROH. Exactly. I've, I've been, yeah, I followed Seth Rollins since his name was Tyler Black, and I watched him on a crappy MTV show called Wrestling Society X. Absolutely, yes. And God damn, that was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, but when he jumped off that, that tower onto four people, I said, this kid is going to be big someday. Yes. And then four years later, he's in Ring of Honor, and he's their champion, and I went, well, he's he's going to, I hope he makes it. And then all of a sudden, there he was in NXT, and I went, yep, he's there. It, and I kept always thinking he will be the next Triple H because of his look. Yes. You know? Yeah. And he sort of is. He is the next Triple H. But you're forcing him down our throat. And that's one thing that WWF, I won't say WWE, WWF did not force anybody down our throat. As much as everybody saw Hulk Hogan front and center. To the right of Hulk Hogan was the Ultimate Warrior and the Macho Man. Well, and that's so what I was. That's the Undertaker and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that's what I was back about to say. The tag team division, you know. If you yeah, if, Hulk Hogan was there, but he only went on last. Yeah, well, and that and and if you read, if you even Hulk Hogan's biography, autobiography, mm -hmm. the the he he talks about as early as you know eighty seven or eighty eight. Right. Uh, Vince was already trying to find my replacement. Replaced. Right. And so the the reason that Hulk Hogan until 1992 was the draw was because of Hulk Hogan. Right. Um, and, and then as I guess I would say probably mid mid John Cena run is when right. we when we got into this WWE is the I don't want this to be a WWE bashing session because it's not. No, but we're no. just we're just being honest here as wrestling fans. It's right. it's it, it become it became at some point it became about the brand and not the star. Right. And then the problem with that is the management is giving that attitude to the wrestlers, so the wrestlers right. are taking that attitude to the public. Right. And. and then you have your Seth, Seth Rollins tweets, you know? It's like Seth Rollins is like the Donald Trump of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, but it's not just him. It There are a lot of wrestlers who take to Twitter and bash 
fans, which okay, they're entitled. If you're gonna, if you're a heel and you want to stay in character, go for it. They bash the fans. They bash the product. They bash this. They bash the. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a wrestler in um, NXT uh, named uh, Jordan Miles. Yes. And he's bitching that his T-shirt was racist. And the T-shirt was a black T-shirt with these big reds with this big red circle and. In the red circle was the name Jordan Miles. And he said that it looked like blackface. You know, when somebody paints their face and puts the red lipstick on and then right. the big white teeth come out. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm not, I am not a racist by any shape or form. I don't like when I see people try to use their race, though, to get over in anything. I don't yes. just mean wrestling or any sport in any walk of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, they're racist, they're stuck in their minds, and they're this. And then someone said, well, Jordan, they on Twitter, they told him the shirt was changed a month ago. The, your new shirt is on sale, and it doesn't look like that anymore. And it, yeah, but it still got released, and he just bitched and moaned. And then he blamed it on Jay Lethal and said, Jay Lethal's an Uncle Tom who tried to, to you know, only all he did was kiss ass to get where he is today. Well, Jay Lethal's wrestling in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is one of the top promotions, but it's not the WWE or AEW. So he's still fighting his way to the top. And he's done it through hard work and doing a Macho Man impression in TNA. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's like this young man who used to be known as ACH in Ring of Honor and was a fabulous talent is now looking to use his skin color to get over. And it's entitlement because you've, like, how can you say the WWE is racist when 80% of their champions are minority? Right. You know, yeah. Asuka and, 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 and I, what's her Ky- name? Kyrie um, Sane. Kyrie Sane are Japanese. Uh, Ron, Ron Killings, our truth is the 24 seven champion. They really, really, other than the end of his title reign, other than the end of his title reign, I was so happy because I've been such a fan for so many years Kofi Kingston's title reign is one of, to me, is one of the most dedicated things WWE has done in years. They rewarded him for years of of being there and loyal. I don't like, I I absolutely don't like the way, I I don't like the way it ended. I think he should have had a more fighting match. I agree. I would have rather seen um, Bret Hart 123Kid94. Right. Give um, me 10, 15 minutes of Yes, him. of him him trying to overcome the beast and then you know, losing. You know, right. He didn't have, I, look, you don't have to let let Brock Lesnar beat the crap out of him. Let him beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar, and then Brock Lesnar could have just popped up and hit an F five and ended the match. Okay. Yes. But at least gave me ten minutes of Kofi exactly. Kingston to chop him down. Exactly. But other than the end of that reign, that right. reign was a Really good reign as champ. Like in the I modern think. in the modern era WWE, that was and an amazing incredible reign. opponents while he was champion. He yes. beat Dan Bryan and he beat Randy Orton, and he gave uh, unsuspecting guys title matches. So race had nothing to do with it. That was loyalty, exactly. And then you look at I'll go back a few years, and I'm going to sound like I'm hating on people because of their you know race or religion or what they do. No. A young man who used to work for WWE by the name of Darren Young. Yes. Uh, the primetime players with Titus O'Neil. Mm-hmm. 
not one of the best wrestlers, but he, he had his moments, came out of as being homosexual. That's fine. I'm I'm have no problem with that. You know what I mean? He's not doing anything, you know, that is wrong. He want that's what he chooses to do, that's fine. But then when he finally was let go by the WWE, he admitted that the only reason he did come out in an interview was so they wouldn't fire him during those, you know, cleaning house sessions after WrestleMania. Because he knew if he came out as homosexual, he wouldn't be fired because he could always say, well, they only fired me because I admitted I was gay. Right. You, you understand where I'm going with, no, here, with the yes, thing? It's, it's he, the, he, it's, used his, 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 he used the one thing he knew he could to not be fired. Same regards with this Jordan Miles guy saying, it's oh, it's racist because he knows now they can't fire him because if they do, oh, well, it's because they're racist, you know. I'm tired of guys going on. I'm tired of social media and as a as a whole for anybody going on there to voice a ugly opinion. Yes, and it's uh, it is it is not it is that's absolute. That's something. Um, uh, listeners of the show know this because I have to talk about it mm-hmm. because it's a marital thing. But I have another podcast that is not a wrestling podcast called the Motley oh. Soup Podcast. Okay, uh, that I host with my beautiful. And talented and intelligent and much better than me, wife, Kendall. Um, okay. Um, and we talk about, she allows me to go off on my rants about politics and such on that show. Um, right. And that's something we've talked about on that show before is we are not in any, I mean, I, I grew up in a, I grew up in an inner city. Like I live in a rural, rural area now, but I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. I grew up in an inner city. I went to a, a, a high school with bars on the windows, metal detectors right. when we went to school. And this is in the nineties. This right. is, a, this is how inner city it was. This isn't, this isn't now. Um, I, I didn't know color when I grew up. Right. Uh, you Nobody know, did. My best friends were African American. My best friends were Hispanic they still are exactly but exactly I, and, and, and to be honest and and a lot of people won't, this is the problem with social media a lot of people in today's era won't admit it but a lot of my friends that are of color we have these conversations now and it's not the same as it once was no and it's the media it's social media it's it, it's the fact that to be honest social media and the news media nowadays have made have made politics and race and religion a for-profit business. Yes. A for-ratings business. Let's excite. Let's excite people. Let's. They, they don't. They don't want to report the news to us because that's boring. No, exactly. So they want exactly. to. They want to put a bunch of talking heads out screaming at each other. I'm black. You're white. I'm gay. You're straight. Right. I'm. 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 A middle class. I identify as a woman, but I'm really a man. Yes. But you don't want me to be a woman. Well, no, no one said I didn't want you to be a woman. No one, but it was the way you looked at me. Well, how did I look at you? You know, it's exactly. it's weird, but it's what happens. It, it, and it, it it has it's 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 a sad it's a silicon sad state of affairs nowadays, and and it, it translates to every business, including wrestling. It becomes yes. uh, it becomes a cancer. And it does. And, and I totally and agree with you. Fair. I'll go back a bit to AEW. They're promoting that. They are. Mm-hmm. They want to. They promoted it by, you know, Nyla Rose is a fantastic talent, and whether she's, um, she's a female, obviously now, 
but she's a female who transitioned to being from being a man. Mm-hmm. They managed to mention that at every waking moment during her matches. Yes. They managed to mention that whenever they promote her for a match on their Twitter, Instagram, and then you get people who go ahead and leave hate speech as comments because, well, that's what people do. For every 20 people who go, she's wonderful, I love the way that she wrestles, and I hope she wins a championship one day, you're going to have one asshole who's going to go, but she used to be a man. Could she really win the women's title? You know. Yes, because she's if, not a man now. She used right. to be a man. The, that's the key word, if you they fucking idiot. Promote, here's, here's the thing, though, Nate. If I tell you Christmas is 50 days away, right? <laughs> Retail's and, telling me, brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remind you every day of the week, Christmas is coming. When Christmas finally gets here on December 24th and 25th, you're going to look at me and say, it really don't feel like Christmas. Well, why not? Well, because you reminded me every day. Exactly. I'm tired of hearing it. Why do you need to remind me that she's a woman who transitioned from being a man? Mm-hmm. Let her work speak for itself. Let me enjoy her as a wrestler. You understand? And then I'll go forward and make my own assumptions. And, and you, can, you can make that a part of her story. Right, but you don't have to make that the emphasis of her story. As an example, and it it, it it may or may not seem disconnected to modern wrestling fans, but I think Archie will agree with me. I'm going to use this person as an example. Okay, Nyla Rose used to be a man, now she's a woman. That's right. part of her story. Right. How? Okay. Ron Simmons had his jersey commemorated. At Florida State University. Right. Jim Ross told us, but now he is a badass motherfucking wrestler. Right. That's the point. Now the he is a badass. I'm going to tell you about his past, but I'm not going to harp on that the whole right. match. No, I'm not even going to harp on it the rest of his career. I told you it once. I hope you'll go Google it or, or read it in a book now and want to find out more about Ron Simmons. Yes. But. I'm not going to harp on it for the next six years of his career. You know, Vader was a football player, too. Uh, so was Refrigerator Perry, and even though he only wrestled in one match. But they didn't, you know what I mean? There have been plenty of superstars that have come from other sports or other backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And they don't harp on it as much, or they didn't used to harp on it as much as they do now. Can you imagine if there's if the storyline right now for Rob Van Dam? Was that he was a pothead? <laughs> All they mentioned was, and Rob Van Dam just smoked a blunt before he came out to the ring. You know, Rob Van Dam was on High Times Magazine. You know, Rob Van Dam has his own version of marijuana that you could buy. How you wouldn't want to look at Rob Van Dam's face anymore, whether you're a pot smoker or not. You'd look and go, well, is that all he does is smoke pot? Right. Did you see the, uh, the, the you taught me, you took me to the side for a minute, but did you see the tweet he put yes. a couple days ago about the uh, the wives and the girlfriends? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Everything he's saying recently is spot on, though. He's not saying anything wrong. Yes. He, he like, I think he got into some new kind of pot because he's got, he became euphoric all of a sudden, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, he mentioned in, on TNA or Impact a couple of weeks ago, without me, there'd be no Kenny Omega. Without me, there'd be no Young Bucks. Without me. And I'm like, well, you're kind of sort of right, Rob, but you're also like 20 years late because... <laughs> ECW was around in 99. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those guys weren't watching you in 99. They were watching somebody else. You know? 
but I mean, it's it's just like why would why do we have to? They had to immediately the minute Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch got together, oh, not yeah. engaged, but together. I hated that on television. They're a couple. I hated that. Why? It, 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 you, it, they did they did so much damage with that, and and it, but that didn't use it when it counted, like him, like maybe having the fiend go and freak Becky Lynch out or or right. anything. You know, you did it with Kane and Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. It worked great. Why didn't we do it again? You know, they did such an amazing amount of damage with that because they they hurt her character by making her seem a little soft. Right. That would have been like, you know, in the early day in the early days of Stone Cold showing us that he, you know, had a wife and kids or whatever. Right. And right. and then they hurt Seth because they completely ma- they made him look like an emasculated bitch. He was and, Mr. And, Becky. And, right, yes, exactly. And I and I'm not at all I am I am <laughs> folks, I am married to a redhead. And she is a go. she is a strong, independent, intelligent, beautiful woman. Exactly. And so I'm not saying emasculated to be a mean thing at all, because my wife, no. although she is a strong, independent, beautiful woman, she still likes me to be her man. Right. You know, and right. And uh, they released a shirt that said "The Man's Man," and it was like, really? It's it's not good for a professional wrestling character. Seriously, how about it's not good for? <laughs> they wouldn't do that in football. Like, no. oh, Tom Brady is married to the the head cheerleader, and look, she's giving him a kiss as he's walking on the field. No, yeah, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. That wouldn't work. Baseball, they don't do. Oh well. Uh, uh, Don Mattingly was married to the uh, to my partner, who's an announcer here. And look, she's waving to him. No, they don't involve spouses in other sports. And the min- and then and it seems like the minute they got engaged, they stopped mentioning that they were together anymore. Yeah, you know, it was like, <laughs> oh no, we can't mention this because they're going to get married, and then she's off the table, and men won't fantasize about her anymore. You know, that was what the real thought was there. Mm-hmm. I feel, and, you and know, you're, and but you're right. you mentioned it, you killed her character slightly. And then you made him look like a jerk. Mm-hmm. And then the whole storyline was to get over Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I, I've i said it a million times on this show. I hate Baron Corbin. I well, hate good, him. I, I hate, hate Lacey him. Evans, but that's another story. <laughs> so, I, 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 I dislike Baron Corbin. I hate Lacey Evans because I don't feel she's a good wrestler and I feel she has no character. I, I, um, I, I am a, I am, I guess I would say... I am the same as you, only reversed, in that right. I, I hate Corbin and I dislike Lacey. Um, and that's only because, that's only because, honestly, I was not a big fan of Lacey Evans. And no. I'm still not a big fan of Lacey Evans. No. But no. I, I went to a WWE house show recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually when Corbin was feuding with Rollins. Okay. And... Um, they had a tables match and et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, she came out and she was, it was when she was feuding with Becky mm-hmm. and, and I am a fan of Lacey as a promo. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a fan of Lacey as a wrestler. And that's probably because again, talking about the way they, they, they structure TV. Now I got to really see at a house show with that's not televised Lacey as a promo. Right, and as a, I think she would really work as a female valet, 
but or not manager, as, yeah, not, yes, yeah. not as a wrestler. She is re- she is a heat seeker. Yes, she really is uh, on the mic. But as a wrestler, I agree with you. She does nothing for me as a wrestler. You know, it just the, the her character. I, I I don't know many women who are still stuck in that sixty Southern Belle lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's that's what she's coming off as. And then okay, you she's got a Southern accent. That's fine. But then when she's on social media, all I see her mention is my daughter and my husband, mm-hmm. and hard it is for her to be away from them. But then. I've heard that, you know, people went up to her for autographs and she used her daughter as an excuse. Oh, no, I'm with my child. I can't give you an autograph. It's like you're, you're battle around. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're, you're not, and you're that, nothing that's, that's one of the biggest problems with, with social media and wrestling is you, you're, you're playing, you're trying to play both sides of the aisle. Right. And, you know, like, like the, you know, the stuff that came out a couple of years ago, I don't know if you saw, you probably did. But the stuff that that came out a couple of years ago with with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at the convenience store, yes, you know, and it's it's three it's two o'clock in the morning and they're shitty. Right. Well, obviously, any of us are going to be if we've all if we've all worked all day and it's two o'clock in the morning at a convenience store. Fuck, I just want to get my goddamn <laughs> hand sandwich and go back to the hotel. Exactly. You know. See, so, hey. and that's the problem. I'm... That's the problem with wrestling ver- wrestling mixing with social media. Is it it. It's a kayfabe industry. Well, see, all right, now, see, you're going with the kayfabe of wrestling. Yes, I agree with you. But let's look at it from a personal perspective as well. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, A few years back, I had two shows on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They weren't really show shows, but they were, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, One was a uh, exercising show called Walking with an Arch. And it was me walking miles a day um and through doing that in eight months i lost 80 pounds well that's amazing <laughs> yes well I, and i had to i wasn't feeling well so i lost the weight and felt great and everywhere i went people who knew me or saw me would walk up hey it's walking with an arc and i didn't mind it so much when it was just me and my family but when you're out with like friends in public mm-hmm. it becomes a bit nerving because um, like, I don't mind saying hi, I'll take a picture, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm a celebrity by any means of the world, but it was, hey, and I want to be on the show, and when can I go for a walk with you, and, can, and it's like, you know, how about, I gave you like two minutes of my time, why do we need more, you yes. know what I mean, like, yes. can we just, you know and, what I mean, or and, and, message me on Instagram, and we'll talk about it there, you know. It's funny, because I, I can, I can relate to that, go right. ahead, you go ahead. Well, and then I started a, a trivia show, um, and again, people were coming on, they were enjoying themselves, they were having fun, and then wherever I would go again, well, oh, look, it's the guy who does the, and I want to be on the show, and I have questions for you, and I have this, and I want to give you this, and I want to, and again, I, I, and I'm not even joking with you, Nate, I'd be at a wedding, mm-hmm. and people would approach me, and it would be like during the vows. You know what I mean? We're looking at the bride and groom giving the vow, and here comes this guy next to me. He's like, you know, your show is great. Oh, thank you very much. Can I get a picture? Yeah, sure. Click. By the way, I have these questions for you uh, to, for the show, because I, I think you asked some great questions, but these would be really stumpers. Okay, send them to me through Instagram, or, or here's my email. Right. Well, no, here, I want to give them to you here. Like, can we listen to the bride and groom get married? I, I can. And, 
I can respect them. Oh yeah, I can totally I can totally relate. And again, like I said earlier in the show, I live in a small town. Right. <laughs> and and I have two podcasts and one of them is with my wife who also she works in banking, but she also works with the public like I do. Right. And so I will have people who cuz obviously when you're building and you know this, when you're building a group or you're building a business or you're building a podcast, the first people you start with are local. Right. And you build out. So I will have people come up to me at my store when I'm trying to work when I'm trying to set a planogram or merchandise out, I listen to your podcast with your wife. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Can we talk about this? Blah, blah, blah. I want you to talk about this on the podcast. And uh, look, I'm doing my real job right now. (laughs) Or, or if my wife and I are out and about in our small town, Hey guys on your podcast, it's like, Oh my God. And you're not trying to be shitty. No, you're trying to be friendly, but you, it's, you can't be, uber friendly you know yes. you can't you can't make them can't your ask, best friend overnight yeah, because you can't ask them to sit you can't ask them hey would you like to sit down with us at bob evans right. you know <laughs> right. well, instagram has a feature where you can now call people and it's been going on for like a year or two okay you can actually if you dm them there's a little phone button and you can click the button and it calls them through instagram this gentleman called me at 4 a.m now I was up, <laughs> I was sleeping, but I was up, and I hear this unusual ring coming out of my phone, pick it up, I see it's an Instagram messenger call, so I hit the button, and I go, hello, he's like, hey Archie, what's up? Um, nothing much, what's up with you? He's like, well, I just want to tell you you're doing a great job. I'm like, oh, well, thank you very much, I appreciate that. Is it possible I could be on the show sometimes, on the trivia show? I'm like, yeah, no problem, I'll tell you what. Send me your schedule, and I'll try and work an episode around so that way you'll be, oh, well, I'm available whenever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'll DM you or PM you or whatever, and I'll tell you when I'm doing the next show. And I, could we, we do an all this kind of show for movies, and could we do I'm like, listen, I'm going to be really now honest that, with you. Now this guy's the fucking producer, right? <laughs> right. So, like, I'm going to be really honest with you. It's 4 a.m., and uh, even though I'm wide awake, I don't want to be on the phone right now. Um, I'm going to wake one of my wife, I'm going to wake my wife or one of my children. Can we maybe discuss this at like tomorrow at like two? I'm being totally nice. Right. They don't want to blow the guy off because then he'll go on social media and blast me. But okay. So he's like, well, no, but I, I just, and then he turned a total 180 and goes, you don't know who I am or who you're talking to right now. And I went, what? He's like, well. Yeah, I have over 50,000 followers on Instagram. I'm like, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's great. I'm like, I'm, I hope that when you come on the show, a tenth of them come and watch the show, you know, that your followers want to watch. Right. He's like, well, yeah, but if you put me on the show, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm going to start the, this conversation over and say, you don't know who you're talking to. I'm a very aggravating person. I get very, ner- I get very nervous very quickly. And you're pissing me off right now. So, unless you think I'm going to do a show at 4 a.m. for you, <laughs> you're going to need to call me back in the afternoon or leave me the F alone. Or you're going to have a problem. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, here's what I'm going to do. Click. I hung up the phone. I hit the block. <laughs> I hit block. My brother calls me like two days later. He's like, did you block so-and-so, so-and-so? I'm like, yeah. Why? 
It's like, why? Why would you do that? Like, he called me at 4 a.m. and was bitching and moaning. I don't didn't know what to tell him. <laughs> do you realize he's got 50,000 followers on the Instagram? Like, do you really think I give a fuck about that? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm, like, I get 200 viewers. I'm happy. I don't need 50,000. And I really watch. don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit four about Four in the morning. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, but, I mean, it could have been exposure. I'm like, do you? So, wait a minute. I'm like, you think I was trying to make money off of this down the line or something? Did you? I'm not charging anybody to be on the show. I'm not. I have nobody that gives me like. Prom, I don't promote anything on the show. I'm like, there's nothing. What did you think was going to happen here? He's like, well, I, I kind of had aspirations for you to take it to YouTube and and then I'm like, wait, now you're my producer. You're going to start telling me where I'm going. You know what? Bye. Hung up I, on him. I have, I have had so many people since I started my show. That, that want to tell you the way to do it. <laughs> yes, that want to be on. And that's why I, I only, I only, honestly, up until you, I only have have had my brother and my and my buddy Kyle as co-hosts. Is right. I have so many friends that are wrestling fans and et cetera, et cetera. But when okay. they when they want to be on the show or want to be a guest host, then hey Nate, I want to be on your show. Okay, cool. When can we do this? And then all of a sudden it's. Well, I want to craft your show. Right. It's like, well, if you want to craft it, then you should start your own. And I'll be happy to be on it and not craft it for you. Right. <laughs> we'll even use my show to do your spinoff to take it to your show. Yes, you know, absolutely. Here, you know, it, it's, you know ultimately, though, I stopped doing both mm-hmm. when my son began getting, my youngest son got uh, a little embarrassed because, I guess, of the attention I was getting. And his friends began going, hey, yeah, your dad's walking with an arch and your dad does that trivia thing and it's this and that. And, that. and I, he came home one day and he's like, can you stop this now? <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, you lost the weight and you're, you're still losing weight. And I know you're doing great on that. And I don't mean to bother you with that. But he's like, I'm catching bad, you know, <laughs> press for it. I'm getting bitched at it about it and things. And, it's like, and I literally... I let him go to bed later on that night, and I sat up with my wife, Jane. I'm like, I don't think I could do this anymore. She's like, why? It's fun for you. It's like it helped you lose 80 pounds, and the, the trivia show helps you, you know, talk about movies and TV shows the way you want to. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand something. If this is going to negative, negatively affect our children, but also piss me off because these people want to tell me how to run my show and do things this way and that way, it's not fun now. Now yeah. it's a job, and I need yes. to get paid if I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> exactly. I need to get paid for a stressor. <laughs> you know, if, I, if somebody, she's like, well, what do you mean get paid? I'm like, look, if somebody told me we'll give you $100 a week to do each show, $400, both shows, 800 a month, I'd gladly do it because that's extra income. Exactly. But I'm not going to let somebody bitch at me because my questions were too hard or too easy or tell me <laughs> I didn't really lose weight this way. I literally had somebody tell me, Nate, that I must be on cocaine to lose 80 pounds in six months. That I was probably using some kind of drugs or whatever. And I I told her, I'm like, either I need money for this or I need to do this in a more secretive way. Or she's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm closing my my Instagram and I'm reopening a different one with only followers I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing this anymore. And needless to say, my son was happy about that. (laughs) My (laughs) other kids didn't care because they were old and they didn't really, you know, they're older. Well, that's, that's where I'm at now is I started... When I was when I was younger, I wanted my my ultimate goal, honest to God, when I was in high school, was I wanted to go to broadcast school. 
Okay. And, and be in radio. And then, you know, and, and, and my daughter listens to my podcast, so my beautiful, beautiful daughter, Caitlin, don't take this the wrong way, but my ex-wife got pregnant. Life happened, okay. and Daddy had to choose a career that didn't involve paying a huge tuition. Right. And so that's where that ended. And then now she's 20. She goes to Ohio State University. She's going to be a teacher. She's a beautiful, smart, intelligent, wonderful girl. She, Amen. That's beautiful. She, she proves to me that I raised her right. My son, Good. my son is 17. He has no fucking clue what he wants to do with his life. I love you, son. But he's still a good kid that has given me no drama. For a 17-year-old boy to have given his father no drama yet, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, so I bless I, him because so I got three boys. that One's 19, one's 18, and the other one is 16. And the only the 18-year-old is the only one who isn't giving me any worries. <laughs> Them boys, I swear. Yep, yep. Um, but they they are great kids. But they yeah. are both. They are both. Did they both reach the age where Dad said, "Okay, I wanted to be in radio. That didn't work out. But now we are in the modern era, and I can fucking podcast. Right. Whether it makes me money or now not. You're the radio. Yes, I am the yeah. radio. Whether yeah. whether it makes me money or not, it's a pro, it's it's it. Much like the era with you guys, it is right. a it is a it's it's a project of love. You know. Yes. It's, it's just it, that's what it is. Hobbies, hobbies are good, and when you could make make them be as fun as possible that's when they become your ultimate and absolute satisfaction in your life because well i work a nine to five or in some cases some people work a a seven to eight or whatever you know they work long hours and if you can come home and have that escape and that that time do something that released attention yes and then no one ends up being a, a murderer later on in time. You know? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And and thanks to thanks to people, and, and we're coming full circle here at the end of the show. Right. But thanks to people like you and Pat and Dave and the guys at the Asylum and the guys at the Era, you know, as time goes on, maybe you grow your business. Maybe it is something you can make a living doing. Exactly. But that, exactly. That's that's that that's my point. Is these communities and these families on the internet it's amazing and i have been so happy to have you on this show you know there's there's no judgment there's no one calling anybody out about anything unless it's something we really deem to be crazy or like, outlandish like, you know like, what i mean like kitchen right right <laughs> 2700 for a kitchen a kitchen sign <laughs> uh, with some hasbros mingled in um you know i i joined these groups um, the reason I started wasn't just because I found um, the wrestling toys in the basement. Mm -hmm. My birthday is September 19th. And two years ago, on September 19th, on September 17th, my granddad went in the hospital, my mother's father, and diagnosed with cancer months before that. And given time that, you know, how long he would live. Mm -hmm. And. In the same time period as that, and I know this is going to seem funny and people will laugh, and I want them to because I've said it to laugh. Ric Flair also went in the hospital as well. <laughs> and I looked at my wife at 2 o'clock on September 17th, and I said, if my grandfather and Ric Flair both die at the same time, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. And my wife chuckled and said, you're crazy. And I said, I know I am. And my granddad passed 
on the seventh on the seventeenth at eleven fifty-five in the morning. And I was devastated. I was close to both my grandfathers. One of them was the more tough, you know, brash granddad that would pick you up and throw you in the air and rough you up. Mm-hmm. And then the other granddad who I watched wrestling with was the more loving, telling you, you know, you could be whatever you want, do what you got to do in life kind of granddad. So I lost my granddad. And um, birthday sucked that year. I didn't do anything because that was the same day as his funeral. And um, then I began, you know, muttering around on the Internet. And I thought back to what my brother said, you know, join the wrestling pages, the the groups for toys and things like that. And that's when it really became an escape because I was looking at all these toys that I used to have. You know what I mean? It wasn't just wrestling either. I joined a group for He-Man, and I joined a group for G.I. Joes, and a group for Transformers, too. And um, I looked around, and I went, wow, this this is fun, you know, messaging people. Hey, how much is this? Hey, what do you need for this? Hey, what is that? You know, being new, not knowing what anything was worth, and having to apologize to someone when they told me, oh, 45 for an Owen Hart loose, you know, Hasbro. And going, oh, I'm sorry, I can't afford that. I'm, I'm, I'll... You know, I didn't mean to waste your time, you know. Um, but then I met all these people. Like I said, Petey and Pat and Rick Castronova, David Gold. Um, the first person I ever did my first trade with was Daniel Ariola. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to lie to you what we traded, but I think I gave him a Paul Heyman head and a couple of Hasbro that were junkers. And he gave me three or four Hasbro's that were great and a couple that were junkers. And, you know, that's a memory I'll always have. Um, another memory that comes to mind, the week before Christmas last year, um, was two weeks before Christmas, Dave Duncan messaged me and said, what's your address? Because I had just moved to upstate New York. And... Um, I gave him my address. I said, why? What's up? I didn't win anything from you. Why do you need my address? He's like, don't worry about it. When you get the card in the mail, just be happy. It's a Christmas card I do every year. I was like, okay, thanks, Dave. And a week later, a box showed up on my doorstep. Tiny little box, Nate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if he sent me a card, why did he put it in a box? And I opened this thing. And as soon as I saw, I'm sure you know what Dave Duncan raps like. God damn, it takes me me a half an hour to... (laughs) Man wraps better than a store, than than an in-box already, you know what I mean? Like a a hungry man dinner or a a box of fear, it's it's wrapped. But through this bubble wrap and saran wrap, I saw a blue leg and a red number two, a a yellow number two. Hmm. And I unwrapped this thing, and as I continued to unwrap it, and I saw the red number one... And the the red number three, and I began to get it more out, I began to tear up. And before I finished unwrapping it, I saw there was a note at the bottom, and it said, From Dave Duncan and Patrick Mancinetti, Merry Christmas. We love you for everything you do in the era. And we know you've never had this before, and we wanted to be the ones to give it to you. Merry Christmas. And I... Finished opening it. It was a one, two, three kid Hasbro Lucy. Oh, wow. Mint. Damn. Mint as can be. And I legitimately, I, I wasn't just tearing up anymore. I was crying. And my wife looked at me and said, 
why are you crying so hard over that toy? I said, because this is one of the ones I never had. Even as a kid, I never had this one. And she said, yeah, but it's a piece of plastic. And I said, no, it's not a piece of plastic. This figure, loose mint like this, goes for $250. That means those two men went in their pocket and pulled out $125 a piece and said, we're sending this jerk a figure that he's always wanted. And then they wrote a note and said they wanted to be the ones to give it to me. And she looked at me and she said, so that's what you mean when you say during those live streams that Era is family. And I said, yes, this isn't just a Christmas present. This is a keepsake that I will keep for the rest of my life and possibly pass on to grandchildren and so on and so forth. And I thank them immensely. I don't know. I, I still thank them to this day. But it was little things like that, memories like that, that even if tomorrow I, I said I can't do this anymore, I don't want to be a part of these websites anymore and these groups I'm done. I wouldn't be able to because I have roots in these groups, Nate. Yeah, these people become your friends. Literally your friends. Friends, brothers, uh, you know, tag team partners, whatever you want to call them. They are people that you will go to war for. You know what I mean? If someone, if, if, if Patrick Mancinetti told me right now, coming to New Jersey and I'm planning on fighting with someone that I, I've been doing this, that, or whatever... I would tell them, well, when you get near exit 137, pull off and pick me up on the way. Yeah. You know, without <laughs> question. You know, uh, if Dave Duncan said, I need this from you, I would say, okay, no problem. I'm sending it now. You know, if Alex Lancone said, my kids need this, I would say, well, how, where and when can I get it to you? You know what I mean? If Petey Gleason needed a pickup or a ride and I, I, I had it in me, I would go get him from Mount Laurel and bring him back down Mount Arlington and bring him to where he needed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not just them because they're admin. There's other guys. Josh Blevins is my absolute best friend. We talk on a daily basis. And it's not just a wrestling or a, hey, what's up, buddy? I'll just type them, hey, you suck. Well, and he'll come back with, well, F you. You know and, what I mean? And I can, I can tell that just in the interactions you have. In, you know, it, yes. David Gold is another guy that I consider a best friend because of the interactions we've had. It mm -hmm. told me about his mom. I told him about my grandparents and, you know, my grandma being without my granddad or my dad not feeling well or me not feeling well. You know, Dave Duncan is a guy that you want to talk sports, talk to Dave Duncan. You want to know a, 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 a fact about something, a movie or a sport, call Dave Duncan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Patrick Mancinetti is one of the brightest, funniest guys I've ever met in my life. And I can honest to God say he does everything with his heart when he does it, you know, uh, there are guys in these groups I'll have lifelong friendships with, sort of like when you were kids, when you met someone for the first time on the street playing, and then you never let go of them. You know, you yes. were always, it's sort of, we make a joke, there's I, that picture of us at WrestleMania and then the Sandlot kids. Uh -huh. It's like the way that movie came together. You know, everybody was smalls at one point in time. Yes. We, and, the way we met, and then we got together and became friends forever it's like, never... it's, it's like i was talking about earlier in the show how i grew up in that inner city right and on that street there were five or six of us of any nationality and any color it didn't fucking right. matter and right. even though i live in rural ohio and my friend frank vega lives in san antonio texas and and my friend martin tucker lives still lives in toledo and etc etc right. we if one of us needs something, right? There's no hesitation. 
We are brothers. We some a couple of us haven't seen each other in six, seven years. It doesn't matter. Frank's still my brother. Exactly. And and exactly. if he ever needs anything from me, he's gonna get it. It doesn't matter. You know. Exactly. As long as it's in my power, physically, mentally, or financially, whatever is needed, I'm yes. there. No matter a- what. Absolutely. Yeah. And you yeah. can form you can form these types of relationships um in these over groups. the weirdest things. Over yeah. the weirdest things. It's, it is. It's not just toys. It's not just wrestling. And you I, know, I know uh, you and I had a conversation last night about social media, you know, mm-hmm. about how, you know, like with my kids, they're 17 and 20. They have these social, you know, this Snapchat and, and TikTok right. or whatever. The, I don't yep. even have a fucking Snapchat. I'm never going to have one. But one thing I will say about social media is that there are people like you, like Dave, like David Gold, like Nick Francis. I regard yep. you as friends. I really do, and we've never met Without a person. A and that's that's the one good thing about social media is yes, you can yeah. meet people that have the same interests, same values, same. But then it opens up a door to something else. Absolutely, you know, it, it, yes. It's it's like okay, we all like uh, uh, movies, but then we come to find out, well, hey, I like this kind of food, and I like this, and I like to go here, and my wife and I, you know, go to the movies on Tuesday night, and. And it just opens a door, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The thing that made a lot of our our guys in the group laugh, not in a you know mean way, but chuckle and make the joke, is that I became a granddad at 37 years old. Mm-hmm. They're like, how is that possible? And I'm like, well, in my nationality, which is Russian, um, we get married young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of us get married young. My dad married my mom when she was 16 and he was 16. And I'm 38 now. My dad's about to be uh, 55. Oh, so. I, I can relate. My mom, my mom had me when she was 16. So I'm exactly. I'm 40. I'm 41. She's 57. Right. You know? So it's not uncommon. I had my son when I was 18. I was a little older, but he at now 18. Got, he ran away at 18, and he had his baby. And every well, how could you let him do that? I'm like, look, you got to understand something. In my way of upbringing. The heart wants what the heart wants, and as long as him and his girl love each other and will stay by each other, and this isn't going to end in an ugly divorce or anything, right. we ain't stopping them. You know what I mean? And because of that, I got my beautiful granddaughter, who I love with all my heart. You know what I mean? And uh, she plays with my wrestling toys. I give them to her, and my wife's like, "You turn her into a tomboy." She's like, "She's eight months old. How's she even going to know what she's got in her hand?" You and know? I'm, I'm telling you, folks, just from the Facebook post, she's cute as shit. So <laughs> thank you, I appreciate. <laughs> yes. That. But it's and then my other son, who's eighteen, left a couple months ago to go to California to be in UCLA in college. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Well, wow, that's two ends of the spectrum. You're a granddad on one end, but then you got a kid." I'm like, "Yeah, but you guys got to understand something. That kid decided he didn't want to go for the normal route that my family and my upbringing go with and get married young and have right. kids. Yes, he wanted he wanted to do something else. Now my other son." Kobe, six, six, going to be 16, is 16 going to be 17? He doesn't know what he wants. Like you said, he doesn't know what he wants yeah. yet. He doesn't know, does he want to get married? Does he want to finish school? Does he want to go get a job? He's not sure yet. You know what I mean? But the thing of it is, the guys are all like, well, you're a granddad, and this is ridiculous. And at the same time that I had my granddaughter, Winter, Pat had Dominic, his son. Mm-hmm. So, and me and Pat are only a year, like a year, year and a half apart. So... There's the running joke of, well, Pat's still having kids, but you're 
on your grandchildren right now. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it, it's all different types of people. It's you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, well, we all walk to the same drum, all, you know, march to the same drum. We yeah. all do it different, different it's, ways, it's the beauty you know? Of, it's the beauty of life. I yes. have, I have friend. I have very dear close friends that I went to high school with that have kids that are six. Right. And I have a daughter that's 20 and a son that's 17 because, there you, go. Exactly. I, you know, I started early and they are, as long as you're a good parent, I mean, I started early, but my daughter is, is going to be next year. She will be the first college graduate in my family's absolute history. Amazing. Amazing. And, that's a beautiful thing. And you know, it's, it's, it does it didn't matter when I had her, it mattered how I raised her. Exactly. And, exactly. and and just like to you, like if she if she decides in two years after she graduates college that she wants to start a family, when I'm it's forty when I'm forty three, okay. All right, I'm ready to be grandpa. Now right. I will say I will say this. My wife, who I married obviously after my ex wife, uh, right. she is ten years younger than me. So the funny running joke in our house is right. I, I'm forty one, my wife is twenty one or my wife is thirty one and my daughter's about to be twenty one. But anyway right. uh, No, no, I understand. Uh, my wife my wife may not like being a forty a thirty three year old grandmother, but I won't mind being a forty three year old grandfather. And I'll I'll deal with those consequences. My, my son and my daughter in law walked in when they found out they were gonna be parents and they were terrified about telling me. And I looked at them and I said, why would you be terrified about giving me such amazing news? Right. And like, because we've been married such a short time and, you know, you being a granddad this early, I'm like, what's the big, my granddad was a granddad at, you know, 40, 40 years old. I'm 37, so I'm starting three years earlier. What's right. the difference? You know, <laughs> Fam- family's family. More, you know, I look at it like this. It gives me more time with her. My granddad passed away at 60, so yes. I was only, you know what I mean? I was only 20 when he went away. I get an extra few years with her if I only go that long. You know, it, the point being, though, is... Everything's a blessing. Everything is a blessing. Everything is... is you, you can have something small and minuscule, but that's still a blessing because it was given to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. But then you can have something huge, and it was given to you for a reason. It's what you do with it that you decide, you know, what you're going to end up with. You know what I mean? Because there are people who are given blessings and they end up squandering it. Like somebody might win the lottery for $150 million and be broke tomorrow. You know, they chose to squander their blessing. Okay, fine. They got material possessions instead of money. That's fine. They had it and they decided to do what they wanted with it. In the same walk of life of of everything being a blessing, I look at the era being a blessing and the rest of these groups such as Asylum, W. Figs, and and these other groups, Fandemonium, Nick Nick Hestelow is an amazing guy, and overnight became a very close friend. Um, the reason I look at it as a blessing because at a time where I was down and out and upset and wanting to mourn, I still mourned, but not as heavily as I would have because I was able to keep my mind off of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll I'll say it until the day I die if if it wasn't for Patrick Mancinetti and Petey Gleason tapping me to be an admin when they opened up the era. Um, I probably would have went away a lot sooner because I had just moved. And um, like a week before I moved, Petey Petey Gleason messages me, Nate, 
And he's like, so you're going to be around? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, you're going to be on the board. And you're going to be doing stuff. I'm like, yeah, why? Well, we want to give you the ball. Now, this was still when it was Golden Arrow. Go- okay. Golden Arrow. Okay. And um, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm moving. I, I'm going to need like a week, 10 days before any of this goes on. I didn't know what he meant by give me the ball. I just, you know, I knew I couldn't be there 24-7. Right. So I move. He said, all right, all right, kid, don't worry about it. Do your thing, and when you're ready, let me know. I'm like, okay. So I move, and I'm I'm mid-move. I'm putting my stuff in my new home, unpacking clothing and beds and TVs and video games and you name it. Patrick Mancinetti messages me. He's like, hey, hey, what's up, Pat? Um, you need to leave Golden Era, but before you do, you need to friend everybody that's in there and bring them over to this new group. Like, okay, what happened? He's like, I'll explain everything in a few minutes. I'm like, okay, no problem. Like, by the way, you're an admin in the air now. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you're a mod, but you'll get, you'll be getting admin soon, but you got to prove that you could be a, a, a good mod and whatever. Like, why is this happening right now, Pat? I didn't actually be an admin or a mod. I don't understand. He's like, well, you're, you you kept your nose clean. You make good sales. You make you know you you make everybody happy. You're you're a good guy, and we like the way that you do things. And we need somebody like you on our team. I'm like, okay. So now I'm mid packing in. Walks my wife. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm a mod in the era now. She's like, what the hell does that even mean? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. So okay. Business as usual for me. Got in my move. Moved into my new office too. Did whatever I had to do. Pat's explaining everything that happened. And within two days, they make me an admin now. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? They're like, well, you run raffles or and events for us when we need me. And if you have anything you want to raffle and whatever, you do go ahead and do it too. You know, as long as you clear it with us first in the regards of, you know, so that way we know what you're doing just so we can be on board. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And for the first two months, I had nothing to raffle. So I was raffling for them and doing events for them and, you know, having fun and whatever. Then I did my first raffle and it was like, okay, this was a breeze. And then it just, it started to, it went from being a fun hobby to being a fun job, but not really a job. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's like if you were in a car with your best friend working and being paid. Yeah, well, yes, but, that, that's exactly what this is for me, the podcasting. That's, right. You know, I, I am Kyle, – Kyle, one of my co-hosts, is a, is a friend going way back. And obviously my other co-host, Aaron, is my brother. Right. So I'm just, I'm just having fun sitting around talking Talk. wrestling with my brother and one of my best friends. Right. right. And, but we're recording it and possibly going to make money one day. <laughs> it's, it's, well, that's how our, that's I told, you know, I had a podcast a few years ago and that's how ours started as well. We got together in a house during a snowstorm and my buddy said, you know, I have a, my laptop with me and it has a record feature and we were, we could record a, a, a podcast. I'm like, why would we want to record a podcast? <laughs> He's like, well, it's fun. I'm like, okay, go ahead, do it. And they looked at me and they said, all right, well, you're going to MC it. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, you, we want you to do an introduction and, you know, introduce us all and say our name. I'm like, well, what's our name going to be? They're like, just do something on the fly. I'm like, okay. So I literally 
sat there for like five minutes and I'm thinking of what to say, Nate. And he goes, okay, you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And he hits the play button, three, two, one goes off. And I literally did my best road dog Jesse James impression and went, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are the top five podcast and we are here to talk to you about our best and worst of everything. And he literally hit the pause button and went, where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) And I said, I don't know. And he said, okay, we'll keep it rolling. So we did it and we put out our first episode and I think he came back to us like two weeks later. We were together again. He's like, that got like 120 views, listens and things. I'm like, okay, great. He's like, let's do more. I'm like, do we have to? I wasn't into it. <laughs> and and then the more I got into it with them, and every intro became a new wrestling intro. You know what I mean? I did a DX one. I did a, a rock one. You know, it was just... It became more and more fun, like you said. It was just a bunch of friends. And then we forgot that there was an, a recorder there. Yes. Oh, you yeah. Know? By, by, the time, by the time you get to, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, even 45 minutes. There, right. There are times where I'm recording the show, and we're, like, 45 minutes to an hour into the show, and I'm like, well, fuck, we need to take a break. I've got to pee. <laughs> right. So I have to come back to, I have to remember to go, hey, dudes, i got to pee, instead right. of going, uh, oh, thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll never forget this. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure no one I know in the, the outside of the era world will ever hear this. I hope not. <laughs> we, we were recording an episode about our top five diners in New Jersey. Okay. And it was going great. And we, we just hit the one-hour mark. And I guess everybody went euphoric. We forgot the recorder was on. And we began telling personal stories in the podcast. And we just, like, remember when so-and-so did this? And do you remember when he yeah, you, did that at the diner? Yeah, you're bringing, you you're bringing up names that nobody listening is going to know, you know. <laughs> well, see, here's the bad part, though. We realized that 50% of our audience were friends and family. <laughs> so we're saying these things. And then someone decided to start gossiping. <laughs> names, no names will be mentioned here. But he began to did you hear what so-and-so, so-and-so did with his wife the other day? And he left her, and he got another woman, and he's possibly getting married and he's doing this and we nate we went on for two and a half hours had to had to cut it all out didn't you <laughs> well we we didn't you know he we all went home and this friend of mine that was recording for us and being our sound engineer and everything and putting the any kind of like sounds we wanted like a horn honking or anything like that calls us all one by one, tells us that this happened. We're busting out laughing that we did this. And he stops the episode before we start all that, but then calls us over to his house and plays us the episode of just us rambling (laughs) and everything we said. And I looked at him and I went, you know this can never get out to the public. (laughs) You know that this can never be posted anywhere. I don't care who you know, I don't care how much you want to make someone laugh. This can never, it needs to be erased. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm erasing it right now. And I thought I saw him hit the delete button. 
I come to find out he has it on a flash drive. <laughs> I'm sure. And he wants us to. He wants it like wait. Wants us to wait a certain amount of time, and every now and then listen to it. I, I was. I, I was gonna say I have. Um, for this show, I have every. Uh, no matter when we start actually recording, mm-hmm. I am recording. Right. So the guys. There's know, outtakes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know we. Uh, we'll we'll get you know we'll get drunk during the show while we're recording or whatever, and then after the show we we and I know I've done a couple of bonus episodes where we're just watching shit on YouTube, you know. Right. You that, sometimes <laughs> sometimes that's the best stuff. I mean that's you know just people people we, being people. We we name names and <laughs> said things <laughs> that if if anybody ever were to hear them and it got back to the people whose names we named, <laughs> we might be dead. Yeah, I was going to say, you might have to make it sound like one of those uh, 1990s um, radio versions of a Snoop Dogg song. Exactly. <laughs> every, exactly. Every five I, seconds, it's a... <laughs> my brother immediately went into um, fear mode and went, we could be sued. And I'm like, forget sued. We're getting beat up. There's no... I don't care about a lawsuit right now because what are they going to take from us, our podcast? Yeah. I don't. You know? I, just, I just don't want to face a sock full of quarters. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get like I don't want to walk into to a restaurant and here's the guy I talked about and he goes, "Hey, son of a bitch," and punches me in the face. I don't want to deal with that right now. He's like, well, "We got it. What are we gonna do?" I'm like, "We either gotta wait one day and find that hard drive or flash drive or whatever, or we need to make sure that we never piss this guy off and he doesn't just release it one day just for the hell of it." So, oh, it's that's great. <laughs> Nate, I enjoyed being on the show. I think I, we've gone three hours. Yes, sir. I have. I'm, I have absolutely been absolutely over over the moon about this show. It's it's fantastic. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I appreciate you having me on and letting me blabber and blabber and blabber. Uh, I thank your your listeners. Uh, if you find me boring in any way, please email me at. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to say to our listeners, just in closing, um, the era on Facebook, search yes. it out. Archie, if, if they put in, and I don't honestly, I don't remember when I searched it out when Pat first gave me the card. If they search the era, that's going to get them to the page, right? Yes, it's the era, and then it's Hasbro's customs, figures, uh, challenges. Etc. Okay, so if you put in the era Hasbro's guys, you're gonna find it. It will um, pop up immediately. Absolutely, uh, join this group, join this community. These guys are fucking great. I love it. Um, and again, it's not just a it's not just a a money thing. It's not just a figure thing. It's a family thing. Without um, a doubt, we yeah. are we are at everybody's disposal. And Nate could tell you because we've messaged each other at three and four in the morning before. We're, we're there on the clock because if someone has a problem or someone has something they need, we want to make sure we're accessible. Uh, and everybody's in a different part of the world, so in a different part of the United States. So somebody, we, don't keep, yeah. we do keep different hours. Yeah, I was going to say, somebody's always up. Yeah, someone's uh, always up or doing something crazy on the era. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to um, look at my custom work or buy anything or just, you know, see something that they've never seen before... They could follow me at Archie NJ37 on Instagram um, and uh, on Facebook as well. It's the same name, but I don't post custom work on Facebook. You're just going to see my granddaughter or me. Uh, hey, well, if you want to see custom work, you can hit me up and I'll show you that picture of that Bobby Heenan. So. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. 
Nate, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it every minute of this, my friend. Thank you for being here, Arch. I really appreciate it, too. And thank you for joining us on another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We're going to see you later in the week because Aaron and I are actually, Archie, you might think, that you might, like I do, think this is torture. Aaron and I later this week are going to review WCW Bash at the Beach 2000. Oh, God. Fuck me in the ass. Anything after 99 is horrid. Yes, so we're, we're doing that for you, our Vince listeners. Ru- Vince Russo, <laughs> WCW? Oh, yes, God. this is the Hogan one. This is the Hogan, like, the big speech Russo one where he screws Hogan. Yeah, where he kneeled down for Jared. I yes. hate that one because you, some people say it was a work. Some people say it was a, a, a shoot. I have Russo an, says he went off script. I just don't know. I have an amazing rant coming up on that show about, just on this show, the next show about work shoots in general. So stay okay. tuned. I and believe I'm a I'm I'm a loyal listener, and I love every minute when I'm, I'm listening to you. So I will definitely be tuning in for that one. All right. Well, Archie, thank you so very much for joining me. I greatly appreciate. Thank it. you as well, Nate, and I will uh, I will see you soon. All right. Thank you, brother. And for the listeners, thank you for joining us on another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast.